face mode. Thank you. Thanks. All right, here we go. Let's start with hope. I threw it in the middle like a skipping stone. A ripple's one, son of a gun. Some would not have thought so, but I stand here, Commander in Chief, and I take that seriously. But along the way, a rogue ripple turned tidal wave in reaction to. I tried to do the rebirth of a nation's hatred Red, white, and blue is black in there too Seriously One man rewriting the book on bad behavior Maybe cheats the neighbors Feels he gets what they pay for weekend Pat him on the back and send him on through No man's ignorance will ever be his virtue Is this the best we can do? Seriously Let's talk of fear And why I don't bring it in here a dangerous word spooks the herd and we all bleed in the stampede fear makes a false friend indeed and i take it seriously oh hear me now before the truth gets drowned out by a demigod flexing a He's history repeating Angry Am I angry? You ask am I angry? And I had a loss for words After all Every battle hard won, every hair gone gray In the name of this place, in a history plague With incredible mistakes Still I pledge my allegiance to these united divided states Seriously Let's end with why It's a question I Wanna ask of us as a populace Why not take our time All the weight of this story Seriously Hey Jonathan I appear at a spot where you can call in. Yes, yes, yes. Hello. Here you come.
Hello. Hello. How Where is everybody? Oh, you know what? So I set I set this as a private room right now, so I just invited a few folks. I'll set it as as public. I just I I ended up at a weird spot this morning where because there was nobody in there, you were there in my room earlier, right? Uh briefly, but I'm I'm at work, so like there ah. Times when I have to like either go or mute out or, or pay attention to something else. So, well, I, yeah, I, I do. Happened... I do a twenty-four on Saturdays. Oh, oh, right, because you're EMT, right? Yeah, that is an amazing. I can't even imagine doing that job. I did. I was a candy striper for a very brief period in my teens, and wow. Yeah, I was not cut out for the medical profession. Well, I, I think it's worn out its uh its luster on me. Like I'm I've kinda got one foot out the door, I guess, but Oh yeah. We'll see what other opportunities come up. Well let's see. How do we do this? Why can't I get to this? Okay. Do you know how I can, I guess I go to edit room? Yeah, uh, yeah I guess so, because like Neoliberal Tears is who handles all of ours. And I keep telling him like we need to set up a training session so that I know how to do it just in case. But uh, right. we never got around to it. I think he's a little insecure. Like he's like, no, I get to handle this. But oh, I'll try yeah. it out at some point. I got to learn how to play music through my thing. And I want to set it up that way just so I can uh, mute him the way he does to me sometimes when there's too much background noise. He mutes me so I can't unmute. Oh, like when the, when the host of the room mutes somebody. Yeah, when the host of the room mutes somebody, they have to unmute them. You can't unmute yourself when they do that. Oh, so I made you moderator. Can you mute me? Uh, I don't believe... I don't believe so. If you click on nope. my icon. I did. I cannot mute you. I can only message okay. you. Okay. So yeah, the host of the room is still the host. Yeah. I just didn't know how much extra authorization a moderator had. So I think I can, I, I can ban people from the chat is what I can do when you make me a moderator. Uh, okay. Uh, um, can, I don't know if you can you do co-hosting. Like, yes, I... although one of the things that we found out because he, I've always been the co-host of what fresh hell is this, but right. uh, because I didn't, I wasn't the one that opened the room. I can't mute other people. I can only, uh... I don't even know. Like, I I have access to a lot of things like analytics that only a host has access to, like after the fact. Oh, I see. and I can. I can publish the thing after the fact, but uh, I don't have the same powers as the person who opens the room has. Uh, are you on an iPhone or an Android? Android. Okay, so so playing the music is actually, I think, easier on an Android. Like, because when I've talked to Schnarf about him when he plays something. He he'll just like open YouTube and play it from YouTube, and it'll play through the really. App. 
That's what he said. I have an iPhone, so I actually have a soundboard little thing within the app, and I have to upload things to it because I can't play something while I'm on the phone. Interesting. So, I don't know what that is about, but yeah. So you just you just hit like you go into YouTube and just hit play and it plays through the speaker. I I I think so. You can. You're. I mean, I don't. Can you can try it because I think even if you're just moderator, I think you you could do it. You're welcome to try. All right. Let's see. We'll get this screen thing done without me over tears. <laughs> right on. Yeah, he's in New York right now. He actually oh. uh, he traveled up there for a dentist appointment. We're talking via text, but we're still trying to decide what our next little episode is going to be about. Hey, Kate. Let's see. We're just doing some some practice stuff here, Jonathan and I. You're welcome to join the conversation if you like, or if you're just uh, hanging out. It's always nice to see you. Uh-oh. Always good to be with my peoples, my fellow organizers, strategizers, Amanda I and love Jonathan. your mutual aid party idea. I love it. Oh, yeah. Hard at work making it come to fruition. That is so great. Are you, do you, do you, so what, are you on an Apple or an Android case? iPhone, so Apple. Oh, okay. What are you, uh, what are we talking about? Or is this oh, just like a test run or something? Or are we yeah, talking about something um, specific? Trying to figure out how Jonathan can play something. Oh, okay. But he's cool. on an did, Android, so. Did we hear anything? No, I didn't hear anything except rustling. I guess it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I'll I'll experiment a little later. Like okay. uh, if I get some downtime, I'll create a room. I'll make it private, and I'll uh, yeah test invite somebody to say, "Hey, can you hear it?" Yeah. Mm. Jonathan, thanks for um, always defending Bree on Twitter. I know she always talks about you, so that that's really cool that that you can do that. Well, I uh, I appreciate it too. You know, like there's uh a few things I, I've developed my my skills at over time, and it, it feels good to have what I consider a noble and righteous use for them now. Oh, yeah. Because like she's mm-hmm. she's so correct and so yeah. right, and like literally the smartest person I know. And what she says needs to be heard and thought about and understood, even if you don't agree with it entirely. And yeah. I just, yeah, it's 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 something that's important to me. And not only that, but it has a fringe benefit too. Like I think I've gained. I was just telling, uh, you know, neoliberal tears, my my partner in the the little Colin show we do. What fresh hell is this? Like mm-hmm. I gained like forty new followers because of this in like the last nice. you know four or five days. And nice. you know, <laughs> I know I keep it up at this. Yeah. And like, if they keep it up at this pace, uh, pace they'll boost my profile enough that I'll have a thousand by New Year's. Nice, nice. Well, everybody has their part to play in this left ecosystem. You know, I, I find clips and post them so that uh, Sabi and Brianna and all other uh, independent media people can comment on them. And then Amanda, you know, helps strategize with these a lot of call-in shows. So we all have our part to play. Yeah, and like I, one of the things that I found through uh, this call-in is uh, like there's 
a lot of really smart people that are, are listening to the content that are gravitating towards the content that we gravitate towards too. And like when you actually get a forum like this, when you can actually talk to people, like yeah. you realize how many really, really smart people there are around yeah. there and that you can network with and, and yeah. talk to and know as people. No, I will always say that the revolution will be televised on calling because it's a great place to talk to each other <laughs> and, sure. and, and strategize and people that you've just seen their names on Twitter and stuff. You come here and, and actually build relations. And matter of fact, I, I was just curious, how are you connected to that Mac and Cheese podcast, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I work on the back end of it. Like, I'm on the, oh, cool. the leadership team for the organization that produces it. And, real real uh, progressives? Is that it? Yes. Cool. That and, is so cool. And so, yeah, I mean, sometimes I, uh, I also recruit guests for it when I can mm-hmm. and... Uh, you know other stuff like that, but mostly I work on I work on the transcripts and show notes and things like that, and so I get to listen to it early. So it's kind of like cheating. It's like uh, I get something nice. out of that too. W- would you guys consider yourself like a think tank? Because I know it's you and um, Grum Brian. I think I saw more Savvy Sabs, and um, like you consider yourself like being like. Can I come to you and ask you? Um, okay, uh, Jonathan and Steve. I just became mayor of this town. How do I turn it into um, not a socialist paradise, but I guess like, because I think even doing it overnight might be too much, but how do I slowly, you know, implement socialist, um, you know, uh, policies? Would you guys be able to say, okay, yeah, do this, this almost like a um, Richard Wolf? Uh, sort of, except like uh, Richard Wolf is more focused on like microeconomics, so he would know more about like little local level policies and you know things like um, you know the the kind of like worker co-ops and and things of that nature. Uh, we're more focused on like macroeconomics, uh, you know, larger nationwide policies, ah. things like Medicare for all and what the economics of that would be and uh, yeah, you know, okay. things like that because it's it's like MMT focused but yeah, the goal is uh, you know, we're trying to build more of a of a stable work as a kind of a not just a, a think tank so much as a educational yeah. institution that, that teaches other other people about these things so that they uh, you know, can, in a sense, uh, be a little bit more woke about economics. Gotcha. You know, if like gotcha. they can so understand the... really what's going on and how people are trying to pull the wool over their eyes. Would gotcha? Because go ahead. Would a, would a credit union slide into that? Like a leftist credit union slide into that? Oh yeah. Kind of... Yeah, banking and finance is is absolutely part of of what we do. We have, um, you know, I think we've actually done some interviews with uh, uh, with people that are that have considerable expertise in that area, and probably will again. Um, I've been trying to actually uh, get Steve to interview the guy that wrote that book that I really like, Money, Power, and the People. But he it's a long book, and he likes to only interview people after he's read the book and mm. he has not gotten around to it yet but <laughs> I'm pushing for that yeah. I'm, I'm about to buy that book that he recommended to Savvy um, 
the capital oh. the capitalist order yes that yeah. I also I still need to read that myself he got an advanced copy uh, oh, but they only gave him the one and I prefer my books like um, you know either an EPUB format or audiobook I and prefer audiobook so, myself yeah yeah, well, I use my EPUBs like an audiobook. I have several softwares that, including Google Play Books, that will read them to me. So uh, oh, that's wow. because I work on the ambulance. Like I can listen to them as I drive and, and nice. things like that. Um, no, I so, never thought I about that. that one. I only thought about getting like Audible, literally from like Audible or like I have a library, a digital library that I subscribe to and I get audio books from there. But I never thought about getting the ebook and then just having like the machine uh, read it to me. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same principle as like a lot of there's a lot of people who do this, you know, the kind of work where you'd be surprised how much kind of, of downtime like that you know, where you're you're doing like a routine task but you don't need your full and undivided attention on it you could theoretically be absorbing this yeah and so like a lot of people are asking, you know, how, how, how do working people absorb like a three-hour joe rogan podcast mm-hmm. uh and i'm like well that's that's how it's the same way they have a mm-hmm. uh, routine tasks they do where they could be listening to something else and mm-hmm. still do it just as well and mm-hmm. that's how they're absorbing it let me ask you this question. Have you ever heard of a time currency? And it, the idea is basically like for every hour that you do labor, you get one unit of time. Have you ever heard of that? I've heard um, people mention something about it, especially almost everybody who I've heard mention it was also into crypto oh, for some okay. reason. Okay. Which uh, we're not huge fans of, but. Nah, not me either. No, I've heard of it, and I think if you go back, um, like, back to the days, like in the 70s, when it kind mm-hmm. of was starting, you can get a better idea, because <clears throat> it's true that most of the newer ones want to tie in the tech and the crypto and all that. But I think okay. if you go back to the 70s or 80s, and there's probably some good, really good examples, like okay. if you go to... Through foods, not bombs, or like the anarchist cookbook. I mean, there's a bunch of different kinds of, um, you know, hippie dippy organizations that really had some success in that area until it went to crypto. Like, are you talking about like like community currency? Like, yeah, exactly. Town exactly. dollars or whatever. Because the idea was um, with the mutual aid political party idea, where what it is is a website that you just you can either accept the ticket meaning that you can either post a ticket meaning like you say hey somebody i need help um doing raking the leaves in my front lawn right and then somebody on the other side can take the ticket and they're now you're doing mutual aid but i, I was thinking it would be nice to have an incentive or some way that that person doing the mutual aid can get credit so I'm thinking, like, for every hour you get, like, a, a one it's, point. There is, like, point. one of the things that uh, people in, uh, that are uh, experts in money and monetary history will tell you is that anybody can create a currency. The Like, the only trick is getting it accepted. And where it would be accepted and to what end. Uh, one of the other things that, uh, you know, we we uh, pick up in the study of, like, the history of 
money and currency is that ultimately, if it's not a state and credit-backed currency, it essentially is is nothing but a commodity like Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So, like, there are still uses mm-hmm. for it at the local level, um, uh, but it it basically like there has to be some level on which it's tradable for either cash or goods. And that any kind of script that you create, and there there have mm-hmm. been little projects like that. There are uh, people in the in the MMT community that talk about like local municipal banking and creating like a local script for that. And you know there are all kinds of people with all kinds of ideas. So it depends on what you want to use it for, really. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's more for give, giving credit to people who do the mutual aid, but I'm I'm also worried of it turning into a capitalistic system because the idea of mutual aid is doing something for free or for mutual benefits, right? So but I, I think, think I go think ahead. one of the things you can do to to prevent it to, from becoming just a capitalist system where things just aggregate all the way back up is that an hour of your time is an hour of your time whether you're raking leaves which does take skill or doing heart surgery why you know if we're paying mm-hmm. off people's medical debt for going to college yeah i do think accounting Accounting does have a use in that context, you know, just the whole double entry bookkeeping part of it to, you know, make sure that uh, there aren't, uh, that basically you're not divided into some people that give everything and some people that take everything and don't give anything back. So that, that accounting procedure actually could work in that way and especially motivate people who have received to also turn around and pay it forward. So, yes, that can actually be very, very. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, no, that's you. You described it. You described it perfectly what my concerns are, because it's like you can have a, a, a public fridge, a mutual aid fridge where people put food in. But if one person comes and takes all the food, like I, I'm trying to um, proof it for infiltrators, right? Like, uh, so somebody that's nefarious can come and see a, a stock f- fridge that's public for anybody to come and take food. And every morning they come and take all the food. So now it's not benefiting anybody, you know? So stuff like that, you want to say, okay, we want you to just take what you need, not take the whole <laughs> fridge, you know? Yeah, so... Um, Joshua, I sent you an invitation. You're welcome to join. Oh, the sorry, conference. I got to think okay. of a patient anyway, like so I'm going to be muted for a few yeah, minutes. All right. Um, sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. I, I like that. 
I yeah, like that idea. I've looked into that a little bit because I think that kind of no, the human aspect can of be it is important. helpful. Yeah, yeah and, and you know, yeah. motivation is important. Is important, and if people are getting yeah. their needs met, yeah, yeah, we have to like recognize even somebody, there's going to be certain jobs that we have more, to recognize um, that making money that profit is somebody like, else. I could work. imagine starting off when you first start off. You could probably have a lot of labor, people ready to do manual labor, which I, I would say, like you said, is kind of, it's worth, the, is all, all labor is valuable, but some labor is scarce, more scarce than others. So if you, if you have a mutual aid dentist that says, hey, I, I could take 10 patients a week, you know, um, by myself and right. uh, give them a clean in or tend to their dental needs. But now you got to ask in a, 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 a like in an area where there's 10,000 people who are on the mutual aid app, how many, you know, a thousand people wants to get dental, you know, a cleaning, how does that dentist like, you know, pick the person to do it? So should they pick the person with the most labor credit, meaning that they did the most mutual aid in the last two months versus somebody who just joined the app, the mutual aid political party app to get help? So oh, these are all oh, complexities. I, I don't have the mean. answers, but this is why I call this, this is a people's organization because I'm literally going to the people and we're going to solve this together. Mm -hmm. I, I, I would mm -hmm. just say mm -hmm. also that even though there are nefarious people and and real a-holes out there that will take advantage mm -hmm. of any system i don't think you should be trying to build it to prevent them because there will <laughs> yeah, always yeah. be bad actors and they are in the significant minority and if you know anything about twitter which i suspect you might <laughs> I mean, think about think about when yeah. when Lady Gaga's fans or Taylor Swift's fans decide that that, that their yeah. that their person has been wrong, and the, yeah. and the kind of the kind of crowd that comes yeah. after the people that have wronged them, in a much much smaller scale. I was I was mm -hmm. a high school teacher in New Orleans, and and my friends used to say who weren't teachers said, said, how can, aren't you, aren't you scared? I'm like, okay, for one, no, because, you know, I know if there's going to be a fight in my room, the first thing that's yeah. going to happen. And I know from experience is either if it's two girls fighting, one of the guys will go toward the two <laughs> girls that are fighting. Okay. Usually they just try to keep them from running into furniture because you don't want to get in the middle of two women fighting, especially not teenagers. <laughs> and and if it was two guys fighting, immediately another guy would come over to me and make sure I was cool and protected. And another one would go and get the security officer. I was never worried because there was always a cadre of people. Like when I was a dancer later on in my yeah. years in New Orleans, gotcha, gotcha. I knew if some shit went down at the club, there were two or three people at least that I knew that, that were going to be on my side mm. no matter what. So, so you got to remember that the majority of people that are going to want to participate, mm. even with things that are not locked, 
most people like yeah. like Jonathan was saying or somebody was saying earlier, I think it was Jonathan. There are lots of smart people mm-hmm. out here. Most people are gonna be like you and yeah. me. We want to well, give, I, we I don't want to keep. Myself. Maybe if I need, I need an extra uh, three pennies, I'm gonna take pennies out of the thing. I'm not an exterminator. Maybe that, if it's a dollar, you know, that I need help with. It. It. But so I would but put in a ticket the to the part, my the own mutual aid political party website right. <laughs> right now if I could, you know. But the question is, yeah, how do you prevent bots? Uh-huh. You know, that's another question. Because uh-huh. somebody like there's going to be eventually a mechanism for people to vote, and whether it's ranked choice voting oh, or even sure. I'm interested in star voting to see how that works um, online. And if you had to vote for, we're going to be voting, we're going to have our own primary system. So we're going to have our own candidates, mutual aid candidates that we're going to decide between before putting them up in the official um, campaign on on the ballot in in the actual town. Exactly, in the the actual town, we do our own, like a pre-primary kind of thing. Uh And um, I would hate for, like a thousand bots to be created and then they vote for a specific person that is nefarious that maybe they setting themselves up to win uh-huh. you know stuff like that we have to think about and figure out how we can prevent that from happening mm-hmm. yeah we'll figure it out and I think that that's I the question that is: that's Do you have them put an insurmountable task? Like, I'm, because I'm if you think about it, people real, do their banking online. Like, I want them to feel safe, but maybe I might have secure, to, you know, have them right? so that you can kind of make like verify people, almost like how Twitter used to verify, used to get verified and get the blue check, and you have to send in like maybe an envelope with your name and address. I don't want to ask for social security card at all, but some other way of verifying. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Right. That's a good point. Well, I think like Mm -hmm. when I signed up for PayPal, they had they put they put in two really small amounts in my bank account to verify that it was my bank account. Yeah. You know, I think there's ways that you can check for that. And I think there's lots of really smart tech people around even on call in that that can probably answer that question better than me but it's it's important mm-hmm. to ask these questions so that you're protected the other thing about mm. mutual aid you kind of have to have, so people mm. i i suspect because i've thought about this a lot mm. it used to be you would just give your phone number to people i think people mm-hmm. weren't like reluctant to mm. do that people weren't reluctant to give out their address cuz people needed to send mm. you something they needed your address. I think it's partially that that, that it's become mm-hmm. like every phone call that's that that mm-hmm. you get nowadays. But this, if it isn't preceded by a text this is a problem that probably in the workshop that some I did commercial with uh, RBN enterprise or others trying to collect money from you or sell you something who don't have and in the mail same thing don't have access to a computer. So these homeless people or unhoused people might not have the devices because that's almost like a rich person or even a middle class solution while they have poor people problems you know so that's another thing how do you verify people who are homeless and how do they put in a ticket saying hey i need food you know
Mm-hmm. Get on I free Wi-Fi. It, yes, yes. Mm. But also, a lot of unhoused people do have phones, but they don't have a data plan. Mm. So you have to be able to... Yeah. Right. And like Oakland has free Wi-Fi around town, but so, it's not great. So it, it's all tricky. I mean, that's, it's not yeah, very that's fast. Why I think and you kind of got to be one of the most powerful of town aspects where of those this people idea probably is going to be have teams. data plans. Meaning that unlimited, you, you can know? create you and, Am- so um, you and Jonathan, for example, can create the Amanda Johnson team, Jonathan team. And then people can decide to say, hey, you know, I like those guys and I want to work with them. I'll join your team and you can have your own mutual aid, almost like your own mutual aid organization. That's what that's how the vision for teams are. And you can say, hey, we're going to focus on home unhoused outreach. And then maybe you will put in the tickets yourself and just make like take a picture with the people you're working with. And that can kind of verify that you're not just putting in fake tickets because that's another problem. How do you verify that you really help somebody? You know, so there's a lot of different discussions to be had, definitely. Mm-hmm. Very good discussions, mm-hmm. but I also what want to mean? push back a little bit and say that what people who exactly? voluntarily download a mutual aid mm-hmm. app are certain kind of people. Right. Yeah. Majority of them, you know, and, and if they're and if people know that they're yeah. not going to be hit with like emails every three seconds and you're going to sell my phone number and my address. So now I've got all kinds of junk phone calls and junk mail. I think we have to at some point trust it's that's it's kind of the same thing that I I got a weird feeling when I was like, mm, I'm just filling out this Google forms mm-hmm. that the Railroad Workers United said is for collecting my phone number and my address yeah. so that they can connect me to people in my area that are want to be in solidarity. But that information, I don't know where else that information mm. might go. So at, at some point you have to have a level of trust yeah. and that's why because yeah, I, I get just face to face there's people that you will be in mutual aid with that you time. will know because, because I you are donated to Bernie at one in touch time. with them, right? Or, or, or some person. Yeah. Yep. Right. I get that too. Yeah. If you're a registered voter, if you're a registered voter, some states. Yep. Some states you can just buy the voter rolls, and that has your address because it has to. Because you're where you're registered to vote matters. Where your address it matters. What your address is, and 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 I understand the worry about like trolls or or doxing, but again, I. I think yeah, I would say have... like that. Okay, that is one use for for blockchain. You could create theoretically the equivalent of a Bitcoin wallet type thing that just has a unique identifier on it, where you could you could have like a secure account yeah. without necessarily having an address, but it's still a unique identifier. Yeah. Especially if it's somebody like yeah. honestly, like if you're gonna be part of something like a mutual aid organization you probably should have at least like a zoom call or something like that to make sure it's a real person on the level but uh as long as it is 
and they're willing to contribute, then why not? You don't need like a social security number or a bank account or anything like that to, to do that sort of thing, especially if it's mostly for the purposes you were talking about, like uh, accounting for who's giving and who's receiving and and you know more as a motivation to as long as you don't have it like tradable and capitalizable like a currency um you know where people can actually buy sell and swap it um where it's mostly to account for who gives and who receives uh that i think could actually be a very useful system and you know it could also be a way to keep track of and you know look at, at like red flags if it looks like somebody's you know, not on the level, or they're acting in a kind of uh, anti-social sort of way. Uh, maybe they're not cut out to be part of a yeah, mutual think, aid organization if they're gonna uh, potentially yeah, be. Yeah, I definitely got I that uh, sort of person. That's, uh, that you know, very. Uh, I can definitely. You know, you know what I mean. That, that I can. So, use that like somebody, somebody's gonna take all the food in the fridge basically. because I want to be as transparent as possible. But so I was thinking that when people vote. We would have a way that you can click on everybody's, um, like, there'll be a unique identified number, and then you can see the vote for that, or the ballot for that particular number, and maybe that's the the currency or the wallet or whatever, you know, that you just said. Maybe that's what that is, you know, with the vote. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I mean that, that does make sense. Like I would definitely, like I would definitely talk to a programmer about, or an app developer yeah. about that because I don't know at what point yeah. uh, it would mm-hmm. get to to make the app clunky in terms of function if you have initially too much. Uh, so sometimes you have to be economical on the tasks that you wanted to do simultaneously. But yeah, you'd have to like an app developer would definitely know how to do that. I think. And, I mean, you could also, that's a good point. I think yeah, you could also point. do security to pr- protect people. Because if you're going to do mutual aid, you have to have people's addresses. Because if people are going to help each other, they have to know where they live. So, so what you could do yeah. to protect to protect the the localism of it is essentially. Now, I'm going to say a whole bunch of stuff that may not all the words are not right. The concept being. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the Oakland one and the, the like down to the address and mm-hmm. phone number detail of that is is kept inside mm-hmm. a firewall. Okay. But you're still able to connect Oakland to, say, yeah. St. Louis or to um, or to, you know, Minneapolis. Just not at down to the address level okay. that there's okay. like, you know, there's like, um, what do they call that? There's the different levels, the the administrative permissions, and all the way down. That it seems like if you if yeah. you kept, you know, yeah. there's there's a certain number of people that could have access to the full database, but that you'd want to keep yeah. within the app, keep it like firewalled or whatever, keep the permissions firewalled to the lo- locality. And if it's yeah, a big yeah, city, well, definitely, like let's say my case. By, by where I need somebody to you, come to my you, house this to get rid of you're the trying to do something that's I would put distributed the as opposed say, hey, to centralized, I need help. correct? I live in this town. And then if somebody says, okay, I can help you, I won't put the address out there, 
necessarily, but when somebody says, hey, I, I can help you, I'll look at that person, see the credibility, almost like an Uber driver. You can see how many people they helped in the past. You can see what their rating is. And once I say, okay, this person looks trustworthy enough, then I could privately give them my address, you know? Yeah. In in a way, if you could, because you'd want to have people to recruit people to get onto it, so there were people in your in your area on there. Like, like if you think about the way like Craigslist used to work, I don't know, I don't know how much you're familiar, but like you can send somebody an email that, and it goes through like an anonymized to an anonymized email address that then forwards it to their email, right? So you could also make connections kind of that way. Well, you can you work. Could do you it could through. Just, you could communicate if directly through that. If you're going to set it up, you, you probably are going to have to have a server if anyway. Grabbing which means the ticket, you could give yeah, people email addresses ticket, that were specific. I, I look at the person you know, and say, okay, this the, is a trustworthy person. App. I'll click, okay, yes, I'll accept your help. Your help. Right. Uh, and as yes, soon as I accept like it, a, like boom, they have access to my address kind of thing. It could be something like that. You know. All right. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice if you don't even have to call them. Like, you could talk to the person even through that. That would be nice. I don't I don't know. That's probably more right. advanced. Or as soon as you talk to them or whatever. Exactly. It's possible, but um, I don't know how much. Um, right. Like, they do that. That's the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they, I mean, the dating yeah. apps do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, either that's not that's the yeah. technical part. I yeah. love how much you've already. Well, I actually talked through. to someone named so, Ellis so, who started so his own mutual aid and app. And I love that it's very it much we and not, and not I. But until really uh, yeah, he, it was Tim and two other people, but they got hired. One got hired by Facebook. One got hired by another company, and and then he got burnt out. So it, it wow. kind of is defunct right now, but he has a ton of experience and he reached out to me. So I'm hoping that he can help with this uh, endeavor. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's great. And I'm just going <laughs> to drop, drop a okay. mention here that I'm, yeah, I'm, currently looking for work mm. and i will take anything mm-hmm. including gopher hunting if it's in my area <laughs> oh i hear so you need an but actual job, job you too. i do that pretty good <laughs> i don't need to be a ceo i just need something mm. to keep my head mm. above water <laughs> yeah i'm hoping that um I have lots of time on my hands right now, is yeah. what I'm saying, and I and I don't well, need to make America, very so much it's money. It's like you can never be <laughs> retired almost unless I'm you're kind rich. of retired, but I'm <laughs> yeah, kind of know, not. I need cause... to make like six hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask you if you, you get Social right. Security at all? Right. You mind right. if I ask? And I'm I'm definitely yeah. not rich. I'm definitely broke as. You know what? Uh huh. <laughs> um, I don't get so I don't get Social Security. I I do get um I do have SNAP. 
and and I do have MedCal, mm -hmm. and that's and that's really all I need. I don't have oh any debt because I'm lucky that way. I never bought a car. They the the um, banks fraudulently stole my house out from under me, so that's no longer a debt. I owe. You said um, in New Orleans. I I was I had my oh, New Orleans debt okay. um, paid off because I was a public high school teacher in New Orleans. For hey, four there years. you go. There you go. New Orleans. Nice. Um, and so yeah, all this time I never knew you were a fellow New Orleans expat. Oh, I didn't know you were either. Figures. Figures. Yeah. I loved okay. New Orleans when I was there very much. But but Me too. All, all of that all of that is 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 to say mm -hmm. that I, um, I I was a, I was an elected official for eight mm -hmm. years. And there's just a lot of things that I've done. Hey, uh, do you mind if I shout out Murphy? Me, I, the, um, I don't have chat. any debt. I have in the chat a car that's totally paid off. I have a little bit of insurance, and I have to pay for my phone. Encryption plus let a thousand flowers bloom for apps, clients, Please. websites, etc. Yeah, Please. if you're familiar with anything, um, I, I'm open to any ideas like pointing me in the right direction and I'll check it out uh Murphy mm -hmm. maybe um you could put me up as a speaker and then they could and, call and in as a do everybody's a welcome to dial Murphy in maybe you I'm, could I'm happy to be available up as speakers this is not this is not a uh yeah for sure I would love to yeah, maybe we can get I'm sorry, will you say a minute? I don't know, Case. Oh, okay. I'm not quite sure that, that you're, uh, that oh, you're uh, gotcha, up gotcha, to gotcha. being on yeah, the panel. Yeah. <laughs> nah, I love, uh, I love the, I got you. I love being these, sarcastic. Uh, discussing this stuff. I don't I just, think, I don't I think you can handle being a member of the panel. For um, <laughs> about to look into some blockchains and Sarcasm. look into that side of things. So hopefully we'll see what happens, but, um, Hopefully the the guy that made the mutual aid can really help. He he yeah. uh, made a phone app, so I'm I'm okay with web apps or like the website, but I've never made a mobile app. So he was going to be my mobile guy, but unfortunately I had a meeting with him a couple of days ago, but then he fell off the map. So I'm hoping that maybe he just needs to um, some time, and then he'll get uh -huh. back to me. But I'm hoping to launch this idea early next year. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. once we tr trust me, Amanda. That's, once that's we launch, great. it's going to be all hands on deck. I'm, I'm happy to do all grunt work. On deck. Like gonna, I, I want to get like got, a thousand users, maybe the first month, and then the, the second month get two thousand users. Third month get maybe ten thousand. Like we got to keep going. Right every on. month we're going to have a new goal, and we got to grow to a million users within a year or two years. Yeah, we got to grow it. Yep, yep, yep. This this will be the put up or shut up situation because you know we have a lot of independent media. I love it. Who, they do a great job uh, entertaining us, keeping us informed. I'm joining. And and there's a lot of audience members. You know they call out the squad rightfully and politicians. But now here's a time where uh, it's going to be a situation where we all can do action. So now instead of complaining about a problem, we can get involved and solve. The problem, so that'll be the challenge, you know. 
Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. But the, the good thing about this idea is that, right. you know, you we know all have different teams. Like if, if, if you somebody doesn't like one team, they say, oh, you guys are not community. doing anything. I'll start my own team. Like there's going to be multiple teams, maybe even in multiple areas, but we're all under the banner of mutual aid political party. You know, we're all under that one banner. So we, we're going to be united under that. And when we do have a mutual aid candidate on the ballot, on the official ballot up against a Democrat or a Republican, we yep. all, even though we might have drawn the pre-primary, had a, a rough pre-primary and fighting and all this stuff, but once we get that person who wins, we all galvanize behind that person against the Republicans or the Democrats or, or whatever, you know. That's the solidarity that we would need. Yep. So if Amanda, if Amanda goes up against Jonathan in the mayor of New Orleans or the or whatever, I like it. And it was a tough pre-primary, but then Amanda have... wins. Mm-hmm. You know, Jonathan is going to be like, "Hey, that's my mutual aid political party sister, and I support her." <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I could be more popular than Jonathan, but I, I know I would I never. I, I would never dare run against Amanda. Oh, that's that's right, because you know I always win number one. You'll see how it goes. All right, but much love. I think this was a good conversation. I'm going to jump out. And take care of some things here, but we're definitely going to keep keep this up, and we keep throwing ideas around. And you know, much love to you guys. Let's keep this going. Hey, right on. The, uh, the other much guy, love. the other guy that uh, Steve mentioned in Savvy's live stream last night, uh, Devarian Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept trying to get Steve to mention, but he's actually this week's uh, Macaroni and Cheese podcast okay. guest, and that's that's available on any podcasting platform. The very involved he like that was that was the the podcast that cool. Thank just dropped so this much, morning. Jonathan. So if you were interested in following up on that as well, that's uh, that's out there. All right. Oh yes, yes it is. Macro letter N cheese. No problem. All right, I'll I'll see you around the internet. Much love, Case. <laughs> um, so I I did my, I've been doing this show, Listen Here, where I do a couple of clips out of a out of a podcast that I've listened to that I thought was kind of interesting. And this morning's was the recent episode of This Machine Kills, which is a kind of lefty anti-tech kind of agitprop is a, one of the words they use to describe themselves about David Sa- interviewing a guy who did a recent article about David Sachs in the New Republic about an eight minute section where they talk about Colin and 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 this guy from the New Republic's analysis of that I, it just kind of found it a little bit interesting so I posted it um, yeah, I have to go and listen to that because if that's the author of that article, uh-huh. like that article, 
not was not good. Like it was. Like, oh, it's interesting had, to listen to him too, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like he had a like a bizarre conception of where various people were politically and who they were yes. and what and what the what this like like it was some secret sinister motivation like it's pretty clear to me the guy just wants to make money and yeah. doesn't really care too much how he does it like and he may then turn around and use that money for whatever his sinister political agenda is but at this point uh like basically he will take he will platform you know what as many lefties as want to be part of it as long as they get uh attention on spotify and they get clicks and they get likes and he can sell ad space on them right and and you know i it's it's oh. an interesting it's an interesting you know reality is it, we're all subject in this capitalist system to some billionaire's idea of the way that that we should be able to communicate with each other and what we should be able to communicate you know so i'm going to take advantage of the platforms that are <laughs> that are offered by yeah same you know? And this is good. Like, it, it's good in ways that I don't even think the developers could really have properly foreseen. Uh, just what, the, what you, the level of, of connection. Yeah. Well, because just the level of connection, it like actually being able to talk to people and hear voices and interact in that way kind of takes it to the next level. It's like the next best thing. Like, even Brianna said on her podcast, like... At this point, it's not just like followers or listeners or people she interacts with on Twitter. Like, it's not a parasocial relationship anymore. It's a social relationship. Like, we are all friends, even if we've never seen each other in person. And, like, that's what we do at, at Real Progressives, too. Like, all of the, like, we use Microsoft Teams and we're all over the country. Uh huh. And,. So, but, you know, we still, like, we know each other that way. Like, we talk remotely, you, but, you know, we're not physically present, but we make these connections anyway. What do you think about the, have you seen those calls that somebody, some people are doing? I think Rania did one recently with Ben Norton that was video. What do you think of that? I haven't actually seen the video. I think I listened to part of it, but... Uh -huh. um, well, the way I think they may it. be trying to ask too much of the app. I think, yeah, I think, well, I mean, you can do things that way, but they may be asking too much of the app as glitchy as it is right now. Uh, but, you know, theoretically, yeah, that adds a dimension to it. But I think the most important thing is, uh, you know, at least to me, is, is the audio part of it. And you're actually talking and using voice and communicating in that way, not just writing words on a screen. I got to mute out again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Completely agree with that. And, and Joshua Loki and, uh, Oblomov, you are welcome to call in if you would like to join the conversation, but I, I, I completely, I, I don't really want to have the video added because it feels to me like if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna see people, if I'm gonna look presentable, like brush my hair and, be in one place. I like to walk around or I'm working. So I kind of am not looking at my phone. So having like, 
I mean, I once had a FaceTime conversation with my mom. I mean, I'm, I'm 52, but I had a FaceTime conversation with my mom that I basically looked at her ear the whole time because she forgot she was on FaceTime. <laughs> so I, I kind of, if I'm going to be face to face, I'd rather have it be in real life. And I know that's not always possible because of location, but that's why phone is good. I like audio also. I think that it enables me to. Sometimes if I'm on video, I, I spent, I spent 2020 on, on an elected board where we had six and seven hour board meetings that were video zoom meetings. And that's just so exhausting to have a camera on you all the time. <laughs> I guess that's kind of where I'm coming from on it. Yep. 100% on target, looks like. <laughs> Do we know anything about Panquake? Um, well, Jonathan's muted right now. I don't, I, first time I heard about Panquake was very recently, like a couple of days ago. Um, flying squads idea. Thanks, Murphy. Loki, welcome. Thank you for not making this a monologue. <laughs> How are you today? Hey, Amanda. I'm doing all right. Yeah, I, I, I've been hearing about Panquake for a while, but it's in, they're really trying to, like, the, the mainstream tech sector is definitely doing their best to block it because, like, Panquake, Panquake, the only thing is, you know, you'd, you'd have to kind of pay for it, like, as a monthly subscription service, but it would be all blockchain and stuff, so it would... And it, but it would also have ways for you, like your upvotes and stuff like that. You could really, like, people have the control of promoting who they want to promote. Like, it's not just the people. It's not like a like if anybody plays video games here, it's more like a merit-based game, where you know you kind of you earn the respect of your peers, and your peers elevate you rather than a pay uh, pay to win, which you just throw money at it. And then for the money, the the what do you call it, the owner of the app basically um, tells the algorithm to favor you. You know what I mean? So you're incentivized to to um, at least favor your audience over over the the owners of the app. And it's kind of yeah, it's it, it's an app where you can theoretically do what you want. And I like that. And also the blockchain means that you have uh, privacy. So it's, uh, you know, there's heavy, heavy encryption. They have one of the best, like, uh, cryptographer data scientists in the world working on the security. So this app will be fucking, like, monstrous when it comes out. It has monstrous potential for social change, I think. But, yeah. So I have a, I have a question that... Maybe it's just because I'm confused about the way that these things work. But if I'm going to be paying a monthly fee, probably on an automated thing to an or to an app, that means they have my financial information, which means that they have everything else about me if they have access to be able to withdraw a certain amount from my bank account every month, right? Because my bank requires me to have right, a but physical also, address and 
Yeah, but it's usually like for the online world, it's good to have like a kind of, you know, if possible, a pen and paper bank account, and then a bank account that's like a hundred percent digital. But you don't like you just kind of keep the money you need to do the business online that you have to do on that card, and and then or on that online account, and then on your um your your main account, you kind of keep your security money and stuff like that. I think that's the best way to do it because there are some people for the convenience just have all their freaking money on their online you know accounts but unless your online account is just an extension of your um of your main account it's it's not a safe thing to do to be 100% online but yeah i don't know There's i see what you're saying so Satan. so yeah. sorry go ahead I was also going to say that the cybersecurity has, you know, evolved a lot too from the past. There's still like a lot of security breaches, but the re like we have to update our phone so much. We have to update our app so much and it's extremely annoying. But what it does is it, it means that hackers and, you know, people like that are constantly playing catch up because, um, cause, cause these systems are continuously being updated and yeah, although they say that, uh, like, you know, that's the Windows systems, you know, Samsung and all the ones that use Windows, but the the Apple systems, they have a stronger security up front, but they don't, they don't upgrade their, their software as much. And because they don't upgrade their software as much, like, it's harder to get in initially, but once you get in, you, you can basically crack the security of all the Apple phones you want for a while. And with um with Windows, once you crack the security, you know you can you can do what you want for a while. But once the new um updates come in, then you're kind of blocked out again because they have people constantly probing the system for weaknesses and shit. And that's part of the updates. But um, Panquake would be even better than that, uh, you know, according to what they say. Yeah, I. Is anybody still using WhatsApp? Uh, I do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Well, it's owned by Facebook now, so that's not oh. really a positive. But they do have encryption. But if you live in a country where, um, where the government or where tech companies cave into, you know, the government like China or whatever. And how, you know, Google caves into China and all these other companies so they can have market share there. If you're in that kind of a situation, I wouldn't trust WhatsApp. But, you know, but there's lots of other stuff. There's there's Signal, you know, there's Telegram, although I've heard on Telegram they still kind of have a little bit of the, of the speech police there. But, but you know, I don't I would, think – does what – can WhatsApp do like group? It can do. It's it's basically only texts or it's texts and calls. Can you do group calls? Yeah, with, you could do with texts. You you could do calls. You could do video calls. But so video calls everything. for multiple people. Yeah, for multiple people. I don't know. I think that's oh. that's more other software. The more that's more like Skype or conference call kind of uh, applications. But okay, so good. it would be a replacement. No, I wouldn't say so, but mm. but I think uh, for I don't know. This is kind of 
this is kind of unique because of how you know just how it operates and also how beta it is how there's like when we go online there's not like you know 50 different rooms it's because this thing's not quite overcrowded yet or maybe it's just me because i'm not you know i'm in a different time zone but um what time but yeah, zone it are seems you in? Ma- it seems manageable uh europe oh okay no, there's there there but, aren't you know, I, like very many shows per day. It's like under twenty a day, easy. Unless I'm not yeah, seeing and even during most the, on the calendar. Yeah, even during prime time or like because you know some a lot of the bigger speakers here do kind of have production teams, and the production teams want to go live during like when you're driving to work kind of time or when you get home from work kind of times, you know, the prime TV time, then they want to catch you then. And, and sometimes you'll see like five or 10 rooms during that time. But most of the time it's not, it's not overwhelming, but you know, that's good too, because these formats are long as fuck and these rooms last like up to six hours or someone just fucking passes out and leaves their room on for three days or something. <laughs> For sure, dude. Dude, one time I thought I thought a a, a lady fucking killed herself and left her room open. I'm oh like, no! Not joking. Yeah, no, she wasn't. She was okay, but like, she was just the shit she was saying before. Like, you know, she kind of she kind of just you know, left the room, stay there on mute. It was kind of a little I don't know, concerning, but you know, there's a lot of people that come here too because they. They feel like they don't have any power for their voice to be heard, and they want to do it over here so they can express their ideas and just go, "Hey, I'm not crazy, am I? You know, this is how I feel about things." Right. No, it is definitely good for that, for sure. Yeah, and, but and, we have we need those... to distinguish. Go ahead, Amanda. No, go ahead. I was just going to say we need to d- distinguish between, like, you know, both purposes are good, like venting, you know, and also, you know, building consensus and community, but we have to distinguish between the two. If you if you guys just want to have fun and scream at each other and call each other retarded and, and say stuff about each other's <laughs> mother, because there's people that do that for fun, you know? But if you want to do that, like, make a room for that. But don't go right. into the Snarf. into the rooms where people are pretend, you know, where people are trying to, you know, see if they can make something substantial and just like, you know, try to put. Yeah, it just there's there's an abundance of critics here, but not an abundance of like creators. Like, you know, it's really easy to be a critic. Like, oh, that sucks. That won't work. That's a, 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 they tried that this time. Da, 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 and just be bitching and complaining. But you know, actually trying to come up with something that might might work is not a not as easy and and really sometimes like with an idea if you can get enough people on board good you know you just do it even if you're only like 70 or 80 percent sure you just gotta you just gotta fucking you know take the shot sometimes can't be a hundred percent sure with every single decision you make especially with with you know things such as this such as you know political actions you know unless you're talking about like a critical failure or like a really bad oversight or bad mistake like that but if you know if you think if you're like 80 percent sure why why the fuck not you know just pull the trigger you know 
But no, I'm totally. you've been busy that way. I tried. Amanda, you've hey, been busy Carson, with that. You've been getting shit done. Trying to, trying to. We did have, we did finally get that that uh, mental health care worker strike is over, and they got almost every single thing they asked for finally. So that's good. Thing. Yeah, the you definitely like labor's getting a little bit of power again in America. It was like they tried so hard to to just like push it down, but now. They're, I don't know. I think in some places they're fighting kind of tooth and nail and kind of like really trying to push them down. But in other places, they're like having no choice but to kind of give them ground, you know, the different unions and movement. Because I, I don't know. And I think it's good to unionize, but I think it'd be better just to just to make a co-op and like poach all their good workers, like poach all their talent, make a brain drain from corporate America to like a better job that treats you better you know what i mean like more sell the culture of co-ops as like being fucking civilized as oh thanks yeah as the main as the main selling point rather you know rather than just unionizing and having your union your corruptible union leadership structure you know like there needs to be more checks and balances so the of course, I don't have any problems with members of unions kind of standing up for the rights or even like, you know, standing up to violence as well. You know, there have been labor wars here. And if someone's trying to fucking kill you, what are you supposed to do? But, you know, there, sure. there have been unions that have kind of become mafia like and that's not good. You know, you don't want your union acting like a criminal organization. That's right. that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Well, I just uh, the, one of the moments, uh, the quintessential moments for me in the past, I don't know how many years, I can't count uh, years now, uh, but was uh, when uh, there was a UAW tour and this young union worker asked some tough questions of uh, the dementia guy. And uh, I think he his secret service were like, I think uh, the dementia guy was like, hey, I, we can take this out back. And I'm like, let's just let this happen. <laughs> and see how it goes. Carson. Yeah, I had a question. Uh, maybe Amanda can solve this um, the most. But uh, uh, Jonathan, what was that your story from the campaign? No, I, I forgot who just talked about how, like, Joe Biden got in a, a, a argument with like some guy from uh, oh Joshua. Uh, that was. Oh, sorry, I yeah, didn't see the name. But, you know, I remember what you're talking about. I think it was like right after Iowa or something, or like before Iowa. Yeah, it did not look good. Um, but anyway, so Amanda, so um, like I said, I've many times I have a lot of respect for you, and I, I'm really in like not in shock, but just in awe of like you know your passion and all that uh, good stuff. And obviously, I'm really happy that um, that uh, uh, labor sentiment in America is like very high, like compared to you know the last thirty, forty, maybe fifty years as well. But as well, um, so this might sound like a naysayer. I hope it doesn't. But so, like, I know a lot of people are predicting uh, like a upcoming recession in the next one to two years. So, with that, um, do you think that it'll make it a, a har- harder? to uh 
or organize and form unions than, than it is now? No, I think as people get more desperate, people will be more willing to, especially as unions win. The, the, the problem we have right now is a media problem because when like the mental health care workers were on strike for 10 weeks, so they managed to get some media in the mainstream media, you know, even Forbes covered it um, at one point, probably week nine. But most workers don't have the, or unions don't have the ability to be without pay for 10 weeks like they did. And when there's the win, it doesn't get reported either. So then it just looks like there's a bunch of people that want more money, but nobody, but, and they're going to make a big stink until they get it. But that's not really the narrative that's helpful in my opinion. So I don't know if it's, I think it's already really hard and it depends on what state you're in. But even in California, it's not easy. Okay, thanks for your thoughts. I just want a question. And and so I was looking at the, speaking of the, I'm sorry, Joshua, go ahead. Uh, No reason to apologize. I just, uh, I think it's interesting right now, November 16th, I think is the next uh, deadline for a vote. Um, for the rail workers. Um, and in regards to holding out, I think that from a public perspective, they're going to be potentially vilified for higher inflation because, you know, they're uh, bogging down the supply chain spread three around Christmas. Tell them they're, they're, they're going to ruin Christmas. Oh, yeah. That, that's already happening. Um, and right now they seem to be... <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard that. I'm, I'm not saying that they've said that yet. Uh, so uh, the other thing is... Uh, whether or not I see that for November 8th, it seems like they're lining up to to blame young people and women. Uh, so I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. Also people of color. And I'm like, well, well, wow, that's, that's. Oh yeah. I, I, I saw MSNBC blame black men, which is great on Tiffany Cross's show. Wow, so nobody is free of the blame for the bullshit except for the people who are doing the actual bullshit. Well, I, I don't think they've blamed black women yet. Like, I, I don't know if anybody said that. Oh, no, no, no. I wouldn't blame black, black women either, even if they were actually responsible, because they could definitely kick my ass. <laughs> yeah. I think that's one population that this country has learned they need to be worried about and afraid of. Because it was black grandmas on the Mississippi River in Louisiana that said, you know what? 60% leukemia cases in our children is not normal. Hey, chemical companies, come here. And they, you know, they really got some settlements over that shit because the chemical companies were poisoning their grandbabies. And they said, no, well, one was this? Have I haven't heard about this. This is back in the 90s in Louisiana, just in Cancer Alley. That's what it's called. That part of the Mississippi is called Cancer Alley because it's right downstream from a bunch of chemical companies and and oil refineries. And the incidence of leukemia is insane. And if you look at the people from the community who were fighting the, the fight against the state and the companies, it was 
some black ladies who were probably between 45 and 75, I guess. And, and they won, you know, there's, there's a history there. I don't, I, I don't care. I don't really think that it's important to explain it except to say that we should all try to be more strong like that because they were living in integrity and they were like, this is fucked up. We're not stopping until somebody, somebody agrees that this is fucked up because this is fucked up. Well, I didn't know about this. Thanks for uh, sharing. I, I would imagine that, that like cases of cancer are still very high among uh, kids there. Among all people. I, I'm I'm gonna assume just like how lead in Detroit. I mean, all of these things are just hideous economic injustices that have just continued and environmental injustices that just continue to shock me that nobody's doing anything. And there's people that could do something, but they're not. This is why unionizing is important. It doesn't, you don't have to be a worker to be in, in unity with other people and in solidarity with other people. And, and I think the date is the 19th for the, for the strike, but that could just be one of the union deadlines. And it looks like with the railroad unions, two of the ones that were rejected there back at the table trying to hammer out an agreement. I don't know if that's going to come to anything, but I do want to, I do want to cover this because I was, um, I found this article that Amanda, are you there or is it just my audio? Amanda, you're cutting out for me as well, and and Rudy's Rudy's on the waiting list as well, but I haven't been able to hear you for like a minute or two, Amanda. Yeah, I thought it was just my app that was not working. It's definitely not just you. Do you guys think that this uh, railroad potential strike could like spread to other areas to like like Amtrak? It has potential for sure, but, you know, so we just got to build solidarity so that, you know, we can all, like, railroad workers can help, like, politicians who are, you know, for example, trying to get polluters to clean up their pollution and clean up their fucking messes or, you know, get justice for, for you know, families that have been harmed by institutions of all kinds you know financial institutions hospitals mental health clinics uh you know de- department of health and human services uh family what's called family child services like there's all kinds of institutional harm that's come to the to the u.s as well and why we almost like that's what you know this kind of co-op building is about is that we need institutions we can trust. And it seems like the best way to do that is to just build our own r- rather than, you know, freaking just hope that 
that these corrupt people won't be corrupt for like a couple seconds and make the right decision. You know, like that's not, that's not realistic thinking in a lot of ways. Yeah. It sounds like, like all we do is just bag and bag, you know, just, just more begging. Exactly. And it's just, you know, and then the, the more leeway we give them, the more they want, they say, sure, we'll solve your problem. If you give up this, right. If you give up your, you know, public goods, if you privatize this, you know, public good, if you do, like, we always have to give more and more and they never solve it. But then they always say, okay, well, then if you want us to solve it this time, you got to give us even more. It's like the same fucking story. It's, it's like your, it's like, I don't know. It's like your doctor, if your doctor wouldn't like give you cough medicine until you like sold him your kidney, like, okay, well now you got a little bit of cough medicine, but I think you have pneumonia now. If you want antibiotics, you're going to have to, um, I don't know, like take out, scoop out one of your eyes and maybe donate some, some of your tendons to my other surgery. It's like, and mow my lawn. Exactly. You know, and mow my lawn and wash my car too. In my windows so it, and my bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put any anything like that past them. This is this is just a mild version of that. Like, rather than taking the all the wealth of society that's oh, paid through them. taxes, you know, that they have no fucking right to to ask for. Like, oh, give us more of that money, you know, more tax break. Hey, Loki, uh, philanthropy. Do you work in a co-op? Because you seem to know about them. Uh. I, I wish I did. I guess I had an opportunity to um, work in one in Hawaii. It was the farm farm workers co-op, but but you gotta you gotta pay to get in, and it was mostly for the. So there's still kind of a class divide within the within that co-op because that that co-op was for the people that were independent farm farmers, but then the 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 farm help that was hired by these independent farm workers they didn't count within the co-op, you know, they're just, you know, dirty little workers that kind of, that are more seasonal and stuff. So there wasn't really a hundred percent solidarity with all working class people there. So it was just, you know, the, the heads, it was just like the figureheads of all, you know, or, you know, just a small farmer that basically him and his girlfriend or something do all the work or he does all the work himself. And then he hires seasonal people. But then those people that are hired, those they weren't included, so it wasn't a true co-op. Yeah, and I could have joined the a union, but I couldn't afford to the the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. I could have gotten. I did a couple of TV shows a, a while ago back in the day, and yeah, I could have joined SAG, but I couldn't afford it. So oh, look at you, Mister Big Shot. You think you're a big shot? Not at all. I couldn't afford to get into the fucking yeah. duty. I couldn't afford to be a big shot. So are you happy now that you left the U.S. and moved to a less, uh, I mean, a more civilized country with less bar- uh, yeah. barbaric? I, I guess I'd rather be of, you know, uh, be lower middle class over here than be like middle class in the States. You know what I mean? In some ways, it's more stability. Well, I'm happy you live in a civilized country, uh, unlike us. Yeah, it's civilized, but it um, it's weird. Like, there's a lot of uncivilized um, corporations here, and like, there's Banking not too practice. much of the 
Exactly. There's not too much of the of like person to person crime, but there's a shitload of white collared criminals and you know. So just like here. Well, we have both. Uh, at least you don't have one. Diversity. Yeah, there's very clean, clean criminals over here. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's better to have one. What's um, up, Joshua? Well, how's your Giga? F- I was just curious how the Giga Factory is doing, but more importantly, how the anti-war protests are going over there. Like here, we hear that they are big, but I, I wanted to hear from somebody that's actually there and is watching local uh, issues. Protest over here. Oh, I thought you were in Germany. In general, in Switzerland, or what? No, I'm asking you. Were you asking Germany? Amanda about San Francisco? Oh. Oh no, no, I'm not in Germany. Oh. No, no, I'm in Switzerland. Oh, but I'm close that, to Germany, but I'm not. But but it's more yeah, like yeah, small no, towns uh, on the border. That's where Alan Dulles set up shop when he decided to run a shadow government against JFK. So that's. Yeah, he he set up in Bern. <laughs> Although I'm very close. I'm very close to the Bank of International Settlements, if you guys know what that is. So. No. Sounds what? ominous. It's a, at the moment, it's a bank. It's kind of like a, what do you call it, like a tribunal for all the other major world banks, like the the I, the IMF and the oh, World lovely. Bank. And all these other things, they kind of do their business through the Bank of International Settlements. It gets even lovelier. And um, it was started as like a bank to to like get the German people and the and the Nazis to pay back their war loans, right? Or their their war debt of like oh you know destroying other countries to to pay money to to the victims of their war crimes. But in the end. Ended, they ended up helping the the Nazis like basically like launder their money and smuggle their their booty from World War Two out you know out in, back to Argentina you know, yeah back to Argentina or the states or wherever they got paper clipped into you know uh, good talk man like, like I I would love to move to Portugal. I'm just trying to find a way out how because like, I I feel like once like the dollar is no longer the world reserve currency, I feel like we're gonna just like be like straight up Brazil or worse. The the euro's not that much uh, better as far as stability because the euro's cl- a little bit clipped to the dollar's value. You know, like the like the pound is. You know, be- because of oil and everything. Although I don't know how many. So there's a lot of countries that are investing like in other like in other ways to value their add value to their currency, other trading partners and stuff. And China and and Russia have already kind of gone independent and they've shucked off a a lot of threats from, you know, the, the IMF and stuff like, Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to crash your currency if you don't fucking listen to us. And then Russia used Bitcoin to kind of recover the value of its currency a bit. And, you know, China's making, you know, making its own moves, it has nationalized banks, so it can kind of whatever moves you know the banks are doing, they can they can counter it in the U.S. You know, if we wanted to counter the moves that international banks were doing, we'd have to get permission from our, from the fucking Fed, which is not even part of our own government, which we don't. You know, we don't. The people don't elect any of the leaders there. You know, it's really it's yeah, really they're just shitty. appointed. 
yeah so it's it's showing that china has more like has more financial rights than us because at least you know their government is in charge of of the biggest bank there and they they regularly crack down on billionaires mostly for you know speaking out against the government which is kind of fascistic but the fact that they would even lay their hand on a billionaire you know you know is kind of surprising like the the US doesn't make an example out of anybody like they, they can do they can do no wrong the only player that I can like remember that actually had got, had some like punishment right. was Bernie Madoff, but that's because like he like stole from like rich people mainly, like Steven Spielberg and like like I think the Home right. Depot CEO or many other rich people as well. He stole like sixty uh, no, billion dollars, like and then guy. he was sent to prison for like seventy years or something. <laughs> so yeah, so, so, so yeah, you got to go to jail if you like steal people. from rich that's people. The pretty only much. thing you're allowed to do, step. right? Because wage theft. Wage yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and, yeah, and that uh, farmer bro, Martin Shkreli, like, because, like, he obviously, like, you know, price gouged the, the, you know, people that needed his drug, but that's not what he went to jail for. He he went to jail for defrauding his investors, so other rich people. Right, right. Because yeah, that's, that's what he was and same thing happened to, didn't the same thing happen to the woman that, that did that, um, Oh, it was in the Bay Area. It was supposed to be. The oh yeah, uh, thing uh, Elizabeth uh, Theranos. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one, Theranos. Yeah, that one. Oh, that I said. I got it. I've never actually heard her name uh, said. Uh, I think her her name is um, Theranos. Is I think the name of the company. I'm sure. Yeah, I I'm heard sure. like she has like some other like real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um. But isn't that what like, people are calling you because 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 whenever I saw her name written, it, it, I see her name like just spelled as like a uh, uh, Elizabeth and then her company name. I I rarely I saw her, her name last was, name. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know. But you know what? There's the power of the internet. Um, that I can find out. Um, no, that's not important. It's not. Move yeah, up on the algorithm. Making money. Well, it's, it's all of it is kind of a crazy thing. Hey, Rudy, did you have something you'd like to add? I, I pulled you up here because I want to make sure, and I want to make sure that you have a, if you have something, maybe you're coaching right now, so you can't. Mi mute, Mr. Philosopher, where are you? Come on, Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> you think you're a big shot? You ain't no big shot, big shot. <laughs> so. So I'm I, I think what I'm gonna do is is maybe maybe the way to have um so if anybody who's on an Apple when you're on when you're up on the panel, there's like a music note with a plus next to the end room and that's the soundboard. And and I it's not there for Android users. I don't know how Android users could do it, but but I think I'm going to institute a okay, you've had your 20 minutes to talk. Here's your here's your crowd cheering. Maybe we can do something like that. Or or something less, you know. Me. Sorry. Amanda, did you hear that cuz I I I played on accident. I I, I, I did. This. I did. That's oh, okay. cool. Yeah, I didn't know. You, you need that. a slow, sarcastic clap. Like, 
I don't know. <laughs> give someone a gold star or something. gentle reminder that maybe you want to like I, I don't want to be harsh about it but sometimes mm. I get on a roll and I'd appreciate it if somebody would go okay we got your point thank you without okay, being rude, I, I think this you is know? a Car- you're trying to cancel me right now Karthik no no, no. I, I think this is a nicer boo let me play it <laughs> oh never mind it's not I thought it was a nicer one <laughs> it's not okay, okay. well this is Oh, that's that's the that's the talk show uh, clap. The it's like Oprah's gonna they expect free gifts from Oprah or something. You knew damn well I was a snake. <laughs> what the fuck? Hey, Jonathan. Hey. Under your chair, you get a car. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a shut up button here somewhere. I like the sad trombone sound. That one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to have a soundtrack for my grandpa because he used to like all these uh, really bad puns and dad jokes. And sometimes they were funny. And so when they were really funny, I'd put a rim shot sound in there. And uh-huh. when they were really lame, I'd play the sad trombone sound. And nice. my my grandma would get, so, like, all the rest of the family would get so mad at me because they were like, you're encouraging him. But I got as much of a kick out of it as he did. That's awesome. And you're encouraging him. Why is that a bad thing? <laughs> well, I also uh, have been referred to by my grandmother as my grandfather's attorney because they would tell him, ah, oh, Jack, you've had too much to drink. And I'm like, you know what? He's 80 years old. He knows how much he can handle. And he's having a good time. You let this man alone. Like, Jack, your attorney's here. He says you're allowed to finish your drink. That's awesome. I love that family. (laughs) So I I don't know Yeah, unfortunately, he passed away a little less than a year ago, but... uh, he, he passed on his love Sorry. for terrible puns. <laughs> well, you caught for a while, but I did discover that the moderator can bring people up to talk. I oh, was yeah, able to bring Rudy up. Oh, good. Yeah, so I didn't know the moderator could do that. I thought the moderator could just ban people from the chat. No, I think you can You can do Paul that. Boise, I'm just, I just want to bring up the level of the... So I'm looking for, let's see, royalty-free sound effects. Um, what do you think? What do you, I don't know about a want, want, like, like maybe fingernails. I'm trying to think of what's, what's a not rude, what's a not rude sound effect that makes, Makes everybody kind of at least maybe might cut. Laughing's not bad. Claws is good. What do you think, Jonathan? I don't know. Think like a little one of those tunes, like da 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 da, like they have at the end of a cartoon. 
We're gonna get a boat on chip. A boat on a rim shot. Apparently, I can't do the rim shot part. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. The applause line actually might be, uh, you know, the thing to do if you're trying to signal to somebody time to, hey, you've been up there going off. Because, like I, like, I will say, like, I've been guilty of that from time to time myself. Like, uh, you know, even, like, when I was on, on Breeze calling, like, I feel like sometimes I, I was like, oh, my God, did I really stay up there for that long? I didn't realize. And I don't know. Like, I'm kind of insecure about it because people used to tell me I talked too much in class when I was in college. So I don't want to be monopolizing, you know, the time when there's a bunch of people waiting in line. So sometimes it can actually be helpful to remind me, hey, I've been here for like 20 minutes and I hear that little sound. I'm like, oh my God, I've been here too long. Okay, I need to wind this down and get, get the hell off of here. Did I freeze or did everybody else or is nobody just, you know, everybody's just suddenly got quiet? Oh, I'm downloading. Or not to end the room uh, based on your feedback. What's up, Loki? I don't know. I'm just contemplating proper uh, if there is such a thing as a, a sound that won't offend anybody that you can tell somebody to shut up or wrap wrap that shit up, you know. But your your user profile picture that you were contemplating the nature of, of the duality of light and darkness and strength and weakness and yin and yang. Uh, that's, that's just something that you don't have to contemplate. It's just, it's just there. That's, that's shit that's just there. You don't, I don't know, you could contemplate it. It's fun to, but it's, you know, it's, it's more, it can, it can be also mundane and boring too. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the, this particular yin yang as, as like some, a way, like a base mode of morality for people if you if you read closely it says do no harm and take no shit so it means like you don't have to accept any egregious offense against you like a real one not you know getting offended for what someone else chooses to do with their own life that affects you in no way not like that although we have the right to be offended too in a way but not to you know force people to bend to our will because we're offended and then you know uh yeah, do no, do no harm, you know, if possible, because we're all part of this uh, shitty system in one way or another, because we were born into it. So the do no harm part is kind of where we as a society have to all go, you know, I just think it's a good baseline, you know. <laughs> Definitely what I would consider to be wisdom. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've in our world. You know, common sense is is wisdom at the moment. <laughs> okay, I found one. What do you think of this one? Come on, where is it? Here it is. 
that's supposed to mean up. I mean, that sounds like they're encouraging you to go on. Okay. I was, more so picturing, like, I, I was picturing like the yep. night at the Apollo where the guy runs out on stage and it's just like, you need to get the fuck off. This isn't funny. Or, okay. or alternatively, you could do the end theme for Looney Tunes with Porky Pig saying, the, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> okay, let me see if I can work. find that. Okay, let me search for Let's see. Okay, I'm going to mute for a second. Does anybody want to talk? I could play us a song while I do it. Nobody wants to talk. Jonathan? Loki? I was going to say, play. I like a song. Wait, I mean, what do you want to play us? All right. Like, I tried to play earlier on YouTube the, the um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, we Got the Guillotine by, uh, by Boots Riley. Okay. What's the name of this band? I can't remember. Boots Riley? I don't know. Hold I on. Know. We got the guillotine. The coup. The coup. I don't know if I can do it from here. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how this thing works. Um, okay. That sounds political. You go ahead and play it while she's trying to figure out her own way of doing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. Okay. What's the song? Uh, it's called "We Got the Guillotine." By the coup, C O U P. I'm moving into I'm moving into another room, and let's see. Come on, wake up. One one. Oh, oop. I hope everybody's voting. If you didn't vote already, make sure you vote. Where do you usually get your music? Do you go to YouTube or elsewhere? Rudy? Hello? Can anybody hear me? Jonathan? Okay. Well, for me, I can hear on you. YouTube, there's a few uh, channels that the new music for you, and um, I have a couple channels for hip hop and one for like post punk kind of rock that I subscribe to, and then you just yeah, they they'll have some album, they'll show you some new albums or some like good music that you normally wouldn't wouldn't discover by yourself. Because, you know, my musical influences were just my friends and my family who were, like, you know, I didn't even know what 
what my musical taste was when I was younger because the I feel the options were just so like the pool of what to pick from was just so small and especially the um the what do you call it yeah like the messages within them like even if they were positive it was really generic and cheesy and corny it wasn't didn't have much depth but um yeah but yeah I'm having I'm having I'm having real brain fog, Jonathan. You have to tell me the name of the song again. <laughs> I know it's the band is the coup, but what's the We got the guillotine. I couldn't even remember. <laughs> Sorry. All right. All right. Hey, you better make sure. Police to escort 
You don't ride out them lies, you just caught them. Get offline, plug into this modem. No, you can't outcode them. The rules are still golden. Only Jews we homes if we guard our scrotum. If you press the ear to the turf that is stolen, you can hear the sound of limitations exploding. Please, sir, may we have another portion? We're children of the beast that dodge the abortion. Net place firm between the floor and the portion. We'll shut your shit down, don't call it extortion. Caution. We're coming for your head So call the feds and get by for strip Every textbook read said bring you the bread But guess what we got you instead We got the guillotine We got the guillotine You better run We got the guillotine We got the guillotine You better run We got the guillotine We got the guillotine You better run We got the guillotine We got the guillotine for the day. What a great suggestion. That was the coup doing the guillotine according to YouTube anti-records. Thank you for that suggestion. That was a really good one. All right. And the songs that came up, it's an interesting playlist on that one, for sure. Ah. Let's see. Uh, here's a here's an old old one. We just want to party. 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 Oh, 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 oh,
America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look how I'm living now. Police be tripping now. Guns in my area. I got the strap. I got to carry him. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go into this. Yeah, yeah, this is Gorilla. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go get the bag. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm going to get the bag. Yeah, yeah, I'm so dull. Yeah, yeah, I'm so dull. We go dull. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm kicking now. I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on get it. This is Sully. Ooh. On my Kodak. Oh, know that. What happened to the tunes? Oh, 
slap him up and shake him up and then you know. Let him up the flow, then bait him with the dough. You can do it from course yeah. with this dough. Yeah, yeah. Five million ways to get a CEO. Slap him up and shake him up and then you know. Let him up the flow, then bait him with the dough. You can do it from course yeah. with this Slow as the cream. Yeah, man, we're back. Um, realized I got put on to moderator and there was music playing. I wasn't sure what was going on, but I was moderating. Oh, yeah, I'm just playing some music. I made you moderator because right. I needed somebody to moderate. Looks like we, lo- looks like we lost uh, Jonathan. Um, how's your weekend looking? It's Decent. not too it's bad. It's a little rainy here you? in Minnesota, but um, you know we haven't had snow, so that's good. Yeah, it's rainy I here too it was in Oakland. Nice. Oh, it's in New York that it's nice today. I think it's in the seventies over there. Yeah, yeah, I think well, it's nice in somebody Chicago. Somebody take me over too. there. Well, I mean, at least that's what it sounded like, but I don't know. This is a band called The Coup that Jonathan recommended. This is a song called Five Million Ways to wow. Kill a CEO. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the yeah, last one was I do the like, um, <laughs> what's it called? We got the guillotine. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, that's a band called The Coup. C-O-U-B. Okay, cool. Um, the dude um, that's in charge of that band, isn't he the one that made a, a movie recently? Yes, he looks like yes, he was he interviewed was. on Democracy Now. Democracy Now still does some good work, I think. They must. I don't... Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched in so long because I got so disappointed there with her for a while. I mean, Amy Good. I mean, Amy Goodman is mm-hmm. a hero of mine, you know. And it got really weird there for a while. I haven't watched for a long time though. Um. Yeah, I haven't watched for a minute too. But I, I saw something of you know a week ago or so that looked pretty good. So I think they're. I don't know how you win back people's oh. trust and loyalty and all that um, after, you know, mm-hmm. you know, we all sort of walked away for I, I can't really, was I it the it was Russia the thing? thing for me, but like there was other things that I think sort of preceded the, the Russia gate thing. I can't remember what it exactly was, but I think it's going to be difficult for, to get everybody's um you know loyalty back i suppose well the trust has been broken at so many levels that i mean it's that's not something that you can easily redo you have to that one of the things we have to make distinguish between is the Mm -hmm. institutions and the people and here's why I think that, because the institutions are the things that need to change and they will necessarily change when the people in them mm. are different. But also there's some things that even with different people, 
the institutions won't change unless the people are conscious going in right. that it needs to change. Because otherwise exactly. the institution changes you. You have to bring in the crowd with you. Otherwise, you know, you change. Um, that's what I'm... Um, right. Like the clubhouse, like the clubhouse exactly. crowd. Exactly. These people know how to do it. <laughs> we got to... Um, we gotta either copy the right wing people or we gotta copy, um, you know, the, the people that, um, no, I was gonna say, the international um, left. you know, my, uh, my Jewish people, but I don't want to be sounding like Kanye West right now. I know that everybody's a bit, um, Yeah, there are some very good models all, the, all saw, across the world, I suspect. I was, my bad. I was going to say I had a Jewish friend um, whose brother, funny leave, was like in the, you know, somewhere in the um, uh, Israeli military sort of thing. And we would talk, you know, we, we talked about like Israel but briefly, but we mostly talked about like Jewish history and stuff because he's families Jewish from Europe, from Russia somewhere, and they barely escaped, you know, one of these uh, Christian things, um, exterminations. And he's quite left. He's, his girlfriend was more left, but he's, you know, quite a humanitarian. And um, we were talking about how this certain practices of like i don't know jewish people that allow them to be able to um succeed you know when they had to start all over and his family's from he has well his family's from europe but he's got ties to australia and south africa and in south africa too he was telling me about a a project of like jewish people there where you know they came in and they really just, it was a, they created a type of circular economy and, you know, took care of each other. And yes, it's, it's, it's really good stuff. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. These people make you so sensitive that it's, you can't even say Jewish without feeling like, oh, you're about to say something gross. I, I said, you, these people gross? may have made us so sensitive. That we can't say Jewish without feeling like we're about to say something anti-Semitic or right. somebody's going to accuse us of wanting to say. Right. You kind of, yeah, you kind of get your, your hackles up and mm. you're expecting something kind of icky. That's my word oh. for the day, apparently. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good to recycle, you know, infant words. <laughs> Thank you, Rudy. <laughs> you know, Icky's never done us wrong. So, so what sound? What 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 sound do you think we should use as the indicator that hey, you've been going on for a little while? Maybe are you giving me a hint? Up kind of sound. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not giving you a hint. I'm absolutely mm. asking for your input on this because you haven't talked enough because we've got two people muted in the middle and I don't want to talk by well, myself. <laughs> I don't know. Any, do, you, do you have do you, Like applause? 
Applause was one of the things. Jonathan said we should do a little Looney Tunes like that. <laughs> what do you think um, we should do? You know, I... It, like yeah, the slow uh, You're clap? saying basically like the <laughs> ultimate last sort of hint that you talk too much, right? Right. Right. That's gentle, but like, is an indicator. I, if, you know, but the thing is, it's different. You were right. The other day you were talking about how we need a sound because not everybody's looking at the screen, you know? And so I, sometimes I basically like would to give a hint, but I, I imagine sometimes people don't see it because again, we're not looking at the screen. Okay. So, um, yeah, there, right. maybe there's like a, a couple of click sounds, you know, beep, beep, there we go, beep, 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 mm-hmm. back door, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it says back door. Did you say bad door, door or back door? Yeah, just something subtle, but like it gives people a chance to go, oh, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And not like, I also don't want it to be mean. Thank you for your contribution. And we do want you to speak because, you know, what fun is it to not feel like you can speak and almost like speak on your own sort of um, beat? But. You know, it's there's there's always just too much, and yeah. How do you wield power without wielding power? Do you have Let's any see. sounds that we can? Okay. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm gonna. I'm pulling a couple so we can listen to them. Just to say, take me a second because the way it works here on this small crap. Okay, let's try this one. They the, when they upgraded, I'm super happy because when they upgraded, if you have an Apple, the soundboard is now accessible when you're in the um, when you're in a room, you can actually get to the soundboard to add sounds, which and that that's didn't if used you're to be the, host, the case. Correct. I think if you're just if you're in mm-hmm. on the stage, are you should be able to do? You, are you on an iPhone? Maybe I don't have the West update, so, but so I thought I did. Should, you should. Uh, so oh, in yeah. the, uh, right by where it has the end room, there's a music note with a plus oh. next to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did stumble upon this thing. I have a few of them. That gets you to the happen. soundboard. That was me. Yeah. I yep. <laughs> was that you? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Used to be you couldn't, you couldn't actually mm. add sounds while you're in a room but because that that music note thing wasn't there unless you had so I don't want to see if I 
<laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot. <laughs> no one like would not stop. <laughs> well, yeah, right. Okay, so this one. Okay, so here we go. Let's try this one. Small clap. Clap. Um. Done. Save. All right, so we've got this one uploaded. It's coming. Okay. I like it, but some of us are uh, me a that bit one? emotional, and I feel like somebody clapping might make me feel like it's being um, what's it called sarcastic. Right. That's kind of why I'm like, that's why I'm polling because I, everybody will hear it differently. Joshua, what do you think? That was a sarcastic clap and I am really fucking sarcastic. So, <laughs> okay. So I'll rename this one. Joshua's applause. <laughs> okay. So, so maybe not applause, maybe applause isn't that, or maybe it just needs to be a louder one. That seems too loud. Oh, maybe this one will be a good one. Let's try this one. Or maybe this one. This one's called. No, that's not right. No. Oh, that one's scary. That one starts in a chant. That other one kind of sounded like a, like a, um, like a, from a tennis court, from a tennis match, that other one sounded like, kind of. Yeah, it's a golf clap. I mean, and I mean, I right. guess the privilege in the clap. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it's appropriate for these purposes. I was trying to find, okay, it's not audience. I was trying to find a um, Friday one. Let's go here. One that says puff puff give. Something like that. Or pass a pass a joint or puff puff give. That says what? Mhm. Mm oh, pa oh yeah yeah, puff puff pass. Okay. You yeah, guys know record Brady doing it? Just put a there just play past <laughs> the duchy on the left hand <laughs> side. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I I just want to clarify, did someone say that we're gonna give people the option of up to twenty minutes straight of speaking, or are we going to pull how much they've spoke in the eight hours and then be like, that was your twenty minutes over eight hours and it was way too much? Because twenty minutes of anyone speaking straight, like I'll just say for me and how my mind works, mm -hmm. like they better be really, really, yeah. really, really fucking smart. And that one, that one was good. Yep. You know who's gonna be on the soundboard, Amanda? The time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna label it actually ACR clap me out. Okay. 
you, anybody who wants to use it because it's a public sound, you can find it by um, searching on the soundboard ACR. And you should be able to find it. And it's called Clap Me Out. So if you search ACR and clap, you should find it. And and I wasn't suggesting that people should talk 20 minutes. I was saying, I was just suggesting that when somebody's been, I was just giving a kind of an idea of what I meant by a long time and not, and not, I didn't want to be ambiguous because I don't mean somebody who's been talking for five minutes. Although if they've said the same thing for those five minutes, 80 times, maybe it's time to clap them out. I don't know. What was yeah, the remember, other suggestion I was you thinking, had, Rudy? Um, help, right? And we don't have the technical ability to do this, right? But if there was some way to, after five minutes, have a type of uh, referendum where, okay, I can give them one more minute or I could give them, you know, and basically when you got, after five minutes, if um, people are, if 51% of people want you out, then you're out, or 60% of people want you out, you're out. But not that you're out, but like you sort of pass. See what I'm saying? So basically to be able to continue speaking, you have to convince people to allow you to keep speaking. And so if you have four minutes, basically you got, it starts ticking. So people start to vote. Do they want you to get one more minute or do they basically want you out after five? And then, you know, then basically we, at five, um, we know whether they want you out or not. And then you basically got like, 10 seconds to finish up, wrap up, whatever you want to say. That'd be kind of cool. But we don't have, you know, we're not calling. Do you guys, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Or no? I do. I think it's kind of how you run a room, but still get the maximum dialogue possible uh, democratically without, you know, it becoming a hole for somebody's ego. Um, and uh, Whoa. Whoa. what do you think of that? Hey, well, I think you're trying to tell me that I'm uh, the pot calling the kettle black, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, because I was on another I'm call. And I, th I know, I'm I know not. you're not. That's why. I, that's why I was comfortable <laughs> saying that. Okay. Um, but, but I mean, I, because I think the people. I mean, just today, a lot of people have been talking about how to organize these rooms, essentially better for you know creating the creation and keeping the creativity going but not letting like essentially a troll that just wants to be a troll or wants is a megomaniac you know essentially that where they want it to be their view of how everything should be in the future um you know be dominate and 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 uh, i think that starts with entering the room like you know not 
hogging the mic for 21 minutes unless you tell it up front and you say, this is going to be a show where I'm going to teach you. And I assume that you, I need to educate you like you're a three to five year old. Um, and that's what you're in that room for. Yeah. But I don't know if all that makes I followed. Yeah, it does. Maybe, maybe like there's a better for a nudge, like, like, hey, somebody like, uh, nudge, yeah. nudge, know what I mean? It would also be nice wink, if like wink. people just entered the room and decided that I am going to play, you know, gonna play the game and I'm going to be fair. So basically, you know, let me let the arbiter do his or her thing. You know, if there's a host and the host is doing their thing, then let the host moderate. If there's a moderator assigned to moderate, let them moderate. If they say that, you know, if they're trying to stop you, if they hold you up for a second, oftentimes it's for your benefit, at least when I do it, you know, I'm trying to figure out, hold up, like, can you, you know, that's interesting. Can I add this piece or uh, hold up? Can you re-explain? And I think, I mean, if you, if you're here, I suppose, wanting to clear, clarify something, then it's good to, to have opportunities to clarify. I suppose if you're here, just if you're trying to deceive, then then there's a problem. Then there's a reason why you want to sort of skip. But blowing down to clarify something, I think, shouldn't be an issue. So if somebody goes into a room with the spirit of, you know, I'm going to speak, you know, I have something to to share. And these obviously I'm going into the room because I imagine that these people are the audience with the ear to, you know, even the same, because obviously why they all go into that thing, you know, then there has to be, yeah, there has to be the sort of dance. How, how many minutes was that? Four. It okay. was like okay. no, was three, but I, I was wasn't really for watching. Four fifty-nine. It could have been. I could have been. I. Mm. I wasn't. I wasn't paying super close attention to the time. It's. It's like at the point where somebody's been talking for ten minutes, where you realize there hasn't been any break in the in the conversation oh. Elena's in in these rooms an awful lot maybe 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 there's a I don't know we've been here for two and a half hours it's been a pretty small room it was just kind of an impromptu um because I because I was I've been missing folks because yeah. I've been off yeah. kind and of a lot because I need to it's try It's nice light. that those coming <laughs> in with a breath of fresh air, something new, you know, because otherwise the waters become too stale. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, Rudy, a lot of people here kind of 
they have the things that they know and then they just keep talking about the same shit that they're into over and over and over again which is understandable you know people kind of make communities based on shared interests but like when you have an app like this i think that is one of the powers of this app is to bring people together that are different to learn to learn new things you know what i mean if we just want to talk to people who think the same as us we can just go on twitter or one of these establishment you know narrative apps i'm i'm with you um i wasn't talking but uh, I'm, I'm with you i was are you talking i can't tell. it's okay it's hard it's hard to curate as you're also sort of a piece in the in this thing you know, because as the waters change, you're changing too. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not very good at sort of following my north star all the time. But there was a, there was a time when, you know, yeah, I've, you come in here and then you make friends and stuff, and then you guys want to talk about something, and then it becomes unserious at times, right? But what I appreciated at the very beginning when we didn't really know each other too much was that I, I suppose I could play a, play a type of referee kind of thing, right? And ultimately, my rooms were I'm trying to learn something, right? And I don't know, I, I, was, I was definitely hoping not to be the teacher. I was hoping to like have people come in and we can have questions and stuff like that. I I really like that aspect of it. So if, if somehow we could go back to, you know, okay. And it takes, it's also, I don't know. If, I don't know if we suffer from a, um, an inability to take each other too seriously or ourselves too seriously, but I would, I, I would love for example, maybe we're already doing this, but uh, soccer is the thing that I know most, right? So I could talk about soccer, but again, I it would be awesome if you know Loki or Joshua. You're always coming in short, you know, and witty. You know, I would love to see your perspective, I suppose, of the world, like a a longer sort of broader sort of perspective you know how you see different things and you know the lens through you which you see things i uh kind of as as i make my observations about this app you know sometimes i'm i'm getting ideas for for shows and stuff and yeah i'm with you on like the, that the host should take a little bit of that uh, referee job, which a lot of people do. But then also a lot of people are kind of like, you know, I don't like this person. I don't like that person. Hey, you fuck off. You know, it's not, they're not always so fair, but you know, they're, I, I feel just sometimes people are too much within their comfort zones and they should go out of their comfort zones a little right. and talk about a subject they're not comfortable with, or just say, I don't know. But instead of instead of people saying I don't know, you know what they say? They say, "Oh, I don't think that's relative. I don't think that has anything to do with anything." Like, mm. like I don't know about that. Therefore, it it doesn't concern anything. It, but and then you just dismiss it. Right. You might be dismissing what right. someone studied their whole life or something. Like you don't know. 
Well, and I think that that's, you know, for me with the humor, like some of it is, um, well, I guess I'll just say that one, it's a coping mechanism, like, hey, I need to finish my point, but uh, my mind is racing and I'm not sure if it's going to make sense at the end. Um, and, but I want to trust the people around me to be able to tell me that uh, um, and get me back on course. Um, and uh, I think that that develops over time uh, and that's timing. And then the other thing I would say is there's some times where it does kind of go off course mm. and get very uh, childish, I'll just say, and infantile, um, somewhat abusive even. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, uh, I'll, just, I'll just say this, growing up in an abusive household, like I can mirror that pretty well, but I don't like it. And it doesn't make it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't give me the positive energy, the solution or energy um, that I really want out of the space that I'm in. Um, and uh, so I will, like, I'll, I'll monitor myself and I'll monitor those rooms and then be like, okay. And also, I think it does, it does get us off message sometimes where it's just like, hey, um, that negative spin like then it makes it really hard to go back and have the energy for talking about solutions which are potentially not in your lifetime solutions for things that uh, matter to you yeah and the other issue i feel here is you know not only is there the this kind of chicken head kind of argument arguing and this kind of petty division you know among just you know regular users of this app but even, even you know, some of the heavy hitters, the fucking 200, 500 people rooms, they're just like, oh, you know, Aaron Mate told me one time, just, oh, the left is divided, and that's the way it is. I'm like, what? Like, you can't, you can't possibly be satisfied with that statement, you know. But they, like, nobody, like, the people that have the most, money and the people that have the most uh followers that have them that could potentially put pressure on a lever of power like they don't even want to talk about like big picture stuff they just want to talk about this person and what this person thinks about this person or this country with this country what they might do and this prime minister and that and that's all you know relative stuff but if you just keep, you know, looking at the details, you know, you're not, you're not seeing like the ship come coming towards you. You have to, you have to kind of back out and, and see the, the bigger picture and then take actions based on, on that rather than, you know, like, yeah, um, some details might be relevant, but you know, if you don't, if they're not all taken within context of each other, you just wasted your observation, you know, you know, thinking of an incorrect context when there was more context, but they don't, you know, the people that have the biggest potential to see that context don't even want to fucking look at it. That's what I find disturbing a little bit about our independent media sphere is that people just kind of keep, keep to their zone. They just cover their subject. Like there's, there's no collectivism and you know there's there's a little bit but it would be cool if like you could fuse rbn and real news uh, network and you know if, if democracy now would jump in the fold and throw some of their money behind it 
but instead the the trend is that all you know the independent news networks continuously and slowly get um degraded by um corporate interests like like what they now did although they're not completely you know i know they're definitely bought out but they at least are still honest about like israel apartheid and stuff like that they kind of Loki they stay on right. point there yeah you're so right man um i'm trying to figure out if you know what's what's behind sort of that phenomena of the de- democracy now being the bigger group not welcoming in these smaller groups is it but the thing is it takes long it does take a while to figure out that one is legitimate you know kind of thing it's for example if loki suddenly you had a thousand people listening to you here you know you would definitely get a sort of a seat at the table in a show like brianna's right and so it isn't and i bet you it wouldn't be that your ideas have suddenly become gold you know it's probably the same ideas there's nothing that i've ever heard on tyt said that's better than anything you've i've heard you say yeah so it's and you know the left we have to be adults about this shit and be able to appreciate the you know the, your your ideas and yourself right now right but but i think i think there's for something advertise- oh. I was my bad i was just going to say there's something in there that is sort of is it that everybody's sort of fighting for their spot because ultimately there's just few you know pockets for to fund them you know so for example loki you have some great ideas okay so brisa let me have loki in because he, he has some good ideas you know rudy has some good half ideas you know where is the black and the white you know rudy says oh you know i can i got some good ideas too i too want to start my media thing and like i want to be part of this broader left thing and ultimately maybe that's what it should be that like media is just everybody right but if everybody's media then you know who's getting paid to do it and how you know it's there there's a challenge there and i don't know that it's as difficult as i'm sort of laying it out right now but certainly there is a challenge and i wonder if we can just if we can bypass it without looking at it deeper but i i cut you off it's okay my my idea was, for that was just to you know talk about real issues but never ever or at least don't put them too directly in your titles or in stuff like that anything that the algorithm can censor don't like put your real business in there you know like just have people know what you're about and then when you bring it up you know then they know because because of the censorship and also you know just just put something in the title some sort of general attention grabbing you know title you know it could be stupid it could be it could be anything it could be inflammatory you know it could be borderline disc- discriminating it can be horrible 
but that's you know whatever gets the eyeballs and doesn't get you in trouble fine because that's what everybody else is doing so in this kind of battle for attention you kind of you might have to play that game up front but you know in the back we we should do what needs to be done because ultimately the battle for eyeballs isn't gonna isn't gonna really help anybody unless it's attached to something that helps people you know it's a real idea I mean, I, I mean, I, this is, I mean, so simplistic and binary thinking. So I understand what you're getting at from an algorithm perspective and or attention seeking or hiding it, but I really don't think there is really any hiding yourself anymore. I don't want there to be much hiding of oneself anymore. Um, and I think integrity really matters. So I would like, I want to know that the person that I'm talking about doesn't actually have the views that's in their site. I'll, I'll bring up a room here that I don't go into anymore, Pangborn. I mean, I'm just like, you know what, if you're going to start off the topic this way, I know why you're doing it. And I don't want to engage in that again, because it takes away my positive energy, which I want to go towards activism and changing things. Um, and, uh, that to me is not a culture uh, that focuses on getting just eyeballs. It's like actually doing real work. Um, and the other thing I will say just real quickly about, you know, some of these bigger names that may you, if you talk on their platform, like you will have a light shine on you. I think that's definitely true and there's value in that. Um, but I also think that from an activism perspective, um, maybe with a wink and a nod, they're like, Hey, like, I don't want to get into that. It's not, you know, or let me think about that because I do have a bigger audience and I need to take into account that the nuance, like, they're protecting their audience to some extent, which like, I'm not saying I'm in agreement with, but I kind of get that there's a difference in approach. Amanda, do you want to triangulate for us? <clears throat> I do really do i don't think i can because i think one of the things that's happening is that it, it is that and i and i'm going to bring it back to what case was saying um because because i think there's there's a there's a place for everybody and and knowing knowing that you have to behave differently in different rooms is kind of okay i don't like some of the behavior of the other people but i need everybody if we're going to be everybody to at least understand we're undertaking a project together even if it's not exactly the same project it's toward the same goal cuz we're all kind of pointing in a similar direction does that make any sense? See. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Please, I definitely see that we do have to point in the in our common directions, because you know, for the stuff that matters, we're we're more people more agree, and for you know things that don't really matter we disagree but it's usually more personal things you know we're like oh you know 
this happened to me when I grew up, so I fucking hate that forever, right? You know, I'm scared of that now, or or that just bugs me, or that, or I, or my parents played that song every day, so I hate that song, you know, or I ate beans every fucking day, I hate beans, you know, there's always some sort of personal story about, about the other shit, and, you know, people can get heated about, you know, the small stupid shit, because it has personal meaning to them, but we have to remember what's important, and to just, you know, just be, just work collectively on what's important and not get into petty squabbles, you know, just handle business first because they want, you know, the, the, the kind of, what do you call the financialized class, the, the class that depends on us being zombified. They want us fighting over stupid shit. You got to remember that not to make their, make, make the, our oppression easier for them. You know, that's not, it's not a good idea. No, I agree with I completely agree with that reality, and I think because the threat is too diffuse right now, and we are so disjointed as a culture, kind of as part of the American experiment, we're disjointed as a culture, and then you add on top of it all of the economic and then the pandemic situation. And the fact that it's harder and harder to get good, reliable information that we do kind of have to rely on each other. And I use this app kind of for that because I know there are a lot of smart people about a lot of things that like, hey, I heard this specific opinion, attitude, whatever it was. What do you think of this? Because in addition to trying to get information from multiple sources, I also like to find out if I'm in an information bubble. So like I was talking to my boss man yesterday and he was, he was telling me about um, an article that um, Stephen Donziger wrote in the guardian earlier in October and it was a very interesting article. And because we were kind of talking about world events, I kind of wanted to know, he's, he's an Australian who, who owns a house in London and travels to London regularly, but doesn't actually go back to Australia anymore right now anyway, because of, you know, a bunch of immigration stuff that's, even though he's got a green card, he just doesn't want to end up trapped away from his kids. But so he has a more world perspective on, on things. And um, and so I wanted to know what he thought about the Nord Stream, if he had a, an opinion about about whether that was, uh, you know, who did it. And I, I wanted to know what he thought about a couple of other things that come up here at at call in kind of regularly to see if it was they were things that I'm just like. I'm falling into a conspiracy hole and and I don't think I am. I think sometimes the explanations we have for why people do things aren't necessarily um what the mainstream would have, but you and but everybody's guessing as to what motivations are cuz either a politician is going to tell you a lie or they're going to tell you the truth, but how are you going to really know unless you're there? 
So checking with other people to see if the sources that you're dealing with are, are reasonable or not. He said Nord Stream 2 was definitely sabotage. He didn't really, he didn't seem to, he didn't seem to have thought about whether or not it was the United States or Ukraine or Russia or somebody else. But the, the, he's definitely a more mainstream media consumer and there was nothing about the Ukraine Russia narrative that he thought was untrue. When I pressed him about the fact that Crimea and the Minsk Accords and all of that, that yeah, sure, Russia shouldn't have invaded, but really facts on the ground are such that he couldn't disagree, but he was clearly, well, he was vaguely discomfited by the fact that I had asked that question. So he acknowledged those were the facts, but he still didn't seem to think it was a problem to send all these weapons to Ukraine. And then I brought up the idea of the 70% of the weapons aren't even really accounted for anymore. And he said, well, yeah, because corruption. So <coughs> at least there's that. And I just want to say again something that I've said a couple of times already on Colin. I liked that Bree talked to that Joe guy about Ukraine because that guy was saying all the stuff that my lefty friends, quote unquote lefty, I'm going to still say they're friends, have been saying. Right? Like, how do I argue back to some of the stuff that that guy was saying? And Brie gave us an example. When she's talking to Robbie or somebody that's like really on the right, that doesn't help me as much because I know I'm not going to change those people's minds. But somebody that's in the center or that hasn't really thought through things all the way, like the people who were saying, well, yeah, you have to protect the airspace, not re recognizing that if we shot down a plane that was over Ukraine, that was a Russian plane, that makes us <laughs> the aggressor and could be a big, big problem because they hadn't thought it all the way through. I have lots of lefty friends that are like that because they haven't had time to think it through because who has time for anything when you have seven jobs? Okay, I've given up my 10 minutes. <laughs> Does anyone else want to contribute? No, this is why I don't have any centrist friends or family left that I talk to. It's essentially like I, I don't. Like it's just it ends in not wanting to have the discussion just because it's an energetic drain both ways. <clears throat> right. Plan, is you find solidarity here so that you can go back and have energy for those conversations because you need to keep having them because they're swallowing a narrative that is propaganda to their own detriment. And, uh, you know, being silent is essentially violence. I mean, that's, I mean, that is a, an activist thought. It's like, you got to keep having the energy to have those conversations. Uh, with a boss, it's got to be tough because... He has a power dynamic there, but at the same time as you're a completely protected class, 
and uh, I would continue to have the conversations or refer him to Greg, uh, because I think everybody that's ever dealt with Greg on here uh, pretty much probably dealt with him the same way uh, Brianna did. But I didn't I don't tune into Twitter on purpose. Um, So I don't really know. Yeah, I don't know. Greg's funny. Like you can talk to him logically about pretty much any subject except Ukraine. So he may have like a personal reason to be of the perspective that he's on. But you know, if you yeah, if you talk about if you want to talk about you know Russia or Ukraine or U.S. imperialism with any type of nuance, you know, then then it's pretty hard. Although the to me. I'm probably going to get off after this because my battery's dying. But um, the hilarious thing is just like, you know, ask, Afga- ask Afghanistan, you know, who's more imperialistic, you know, because they're still suffering, you know, the effects of U.S. imperialism. And they also fought off Russian <laughs> imperialism as well. You know, that's when we used to fund the Taliban and stuff. So, so you know, imperialism comes from many many different interests but you know you cannot doubt that the u.s is the number one imperialist force in the world for sure and i don't accept the fucking argument that you know if we counter u.s imperialism like oh no but then china's gonna take over like no you gotta you gotta empower people locally so they don't suffer against you know imperialism you know china's russia's the u.s's anybody's you know people can stand on their own and be independent you gotta you'd probably have to release intellectual property you would have to you know develop uh advanced technologies for energy production for farming for for everything you know you got to unleash the the mind and the creative potential of of everyone that you know wants it because there are people you know that's our biggest waste in our economy is our waste of human capital our waste of you know, people that are fucking itching to to do something, you know, we tell them to, you know, fuck off and get a get a real job when they want to, you know, design something that'll help the world. But a lot of like a lot of our smartest people in the world have just been like patent clerks and, you know, fucking office workers for most of their life. And they had to work on their passion kind of, you know, on the side, you know, it where we don't have a system that properly utilizes each person to their full potential, you know, and that's pretty, pretty tragic for any society that calls itself advanced. But uh, you guys take it easy. I'll, I'll call them later if you guys are around. <laughs> Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Loki. I appreciate your input. Seriously. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, of course. No worries. Guys, take it easy. Hey, Amanda. Yeah, Rudy. Can I ask you something? Yes. So um, the other day I was talking to um, Gilbert. And I, I thought maybe I was going crazy, but I thought, what's the name? Tulsi has been acting very right wing for, for the last, I don't know, six years. But then Gilbert was making an argument that Tulsi has morals. And I just couldn't find the 
exact thing to be like this is it because i basically have given up on tosi for the longest time and i can't remember exactly what was the thing that but are what's you guys' impression of tosi am i crazy has 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 she not been like super shady of not even late i i don't think she's so my take i watched her um interviewed by russell brand Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of moments where I was really like it was cringe. Right. She has a really cringe attitudes about some things that I think come from her strict religious upbringing. Okay, okay. She was raised in a I don't know if she acknowledges it's a cult, but it's a small sect and something. I don't even really know that much about it. Mm-hmm. But she's got some very I guess you would identify them kind of as right-wing thoughts. I uh, my my like for Tulsi comes from her anti-war demilitarization things. But you know the the woman that's running in for the Senate she was on um I saw her interviewed on a couple of shows now she's she's part of the LaRouche party and was part of the folks that did the protest against AOC mm. you know that shouted her and she's she's kind of um she's a Quaker Oh but she has some cringe ideas too that that when she was in i think jimmy dore interviewed her this past week and and i think as soon as jimmy dore as soon as soon as she said something about larouche jimmy dore who's a little bit older than me and remembers the larouche years back in the day <laughs> lyndon larouche has an has a serious reputation and and i don't know if wow. this is like part of part of a part of a um reshaping the history of Lyndon LaRouche. I don't know Who's enough about Lyndon? it cuz I was too young to really be that aware of it. It's kind of like cuz it was like the 80s I was not quite really all the way an adult yet. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I only kind of vaguely know like the same way Jimmy would where he was kind of surprised that like somebody would purposely identify with Lyndon LaRouche because it was kind of a dirty word but if you look at what's happening right now and and we're demonizing people like Steven Donziger or Julian Assange or Aaron Maté or any of these other folks who are just putting out news so i don't know if Lyndon LaRouche was like a truth teller in his own time that was smeared by the establishment you know what i'm saying Does that make sense? I'm not answering your question though. Yeah, sorry, I got a call just now. Oh no, that's okay. But um, did you hear I, any? I did hear about the Lurusians. Yeah. Well, I'd have I'll have to research this for Lyndon Lurush. I've never heard of this well, person. Well, I think so so my impression from listening to this candidate and I'm sorry I cannot remember her name right now. but um my impression was that they're rehabilitating larouche's reputation 
or LaRouche kind of got the same kind of establishment smear campaign that we've seen some of these folks on the left, like Jimmy Dore or now Brianna for her Ukraine thing. I mean, these smear campaign, Aaron Maté, Glenn Greenwald, where they just get smeared by the establishment because they're speaking Monica, Monica Lewinsky, for example. Monica Lewinsky. There's another, mm-hmm. yes, pulling it back. Yes, for sure. Amanda, you'll that he had a desalination uh, plan using nuclear energy. Uh, so that was one of the things that was brought up against LaRouche. Oh, yeah, but also, that's... like, I just, like, resurrecting dead guys that are problematic, like, I just don't attach yourself to somebody that is that problematic, you know, especially if they're dead, like you don't have to, it's not required. But also you could, you could argue that perhaps they chose LaRouche because he is a third rail and they wanted to gain attention. I mean, like that New York city council person who released a, released a porno because he's because of his platform for city council and decriminalizing sex work, you know, he actually made, purposely made a porno of himself, of himself, <laughs> and put it out there. Oh, that's putting skin in the game. For, for no, that is commitment. That's definitely... How was the campaign video? I didn't watch. I don't know. I, I suspect it's it. not up my alley, but I don't know. It's impressive because, you know, Gary Hart got got drummed out of the presidential campaign because a lady who wasn't his wife sat on his fucking lap with clothes on. (laughs) So, I mean, we've changed. I don't know if they're using LaRouche because it because he was a third rail or because they want to rehabilitate. It's hard for me to judge because. I, I tend to I tend to like Quakers. I tend to trust people who are Quakers. Doesn't mean that all Quakers are actually adherents because we all know that other religions aren't necessary just because you're Jewish doesn't necessarily mean you're an adherent to all the principles, right? So it goes back to that thing like we have to look at institutions different from individuals. But Muslims that drink are fun. So I imagine <laughs> that Quakers, you know, that are different are also more fun. For sure. But but also Quakers are, are anti-war, tend to be anti-war. And, and that's one of the things that I really like. And they tend to be very democratic. How many people also don't hide their, spread, their sins? So... So, I mean, I think it's a good uh, barometer. If somebody doesn't hide their sins and does it with you uh, and is also open about it, then that's a good person. It's the people that hide their sins that you have to worry about, regardless of their ascended matter. I see. That's an interesting way to put that. that. Does that help, Rudy? I know we stray far um, from from Tulsi. He, I I don't know what it helped, but 
I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't followed Tulsi closely enough to be able to answer whether she's always been right wing. I think mm. because of her religious upbringing, she probably tended to have more values that that would align with the right wing than the left wing. So has she just? Is that people are mad that, because of her current? They're mad she left. The yes, party. but I who. who I'm, for example, not mad that she left the Democratic Party. Actually, I think that's awesome. But the reasons why she left the Democratic Party seems stupid, if I remember correctly. It's like um, the the white people are being attacked, and I guess, but there's enough in there also for I don't know. I guess priorities is the thing, right? But I suppose. You know, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird because priorities doesn't make you go out there saying white people are under attack. But I also understand that there is some truth to 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 that to 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 that thing, right? So, if I'm a a poor white guy. The Democratic Party would not be my favorite because there's this sort of demeaning way that we speak about poor white guys, you know. Um, like, oh, for sure. Some people can take it, you know, because, you know, but like. Can take it. That's fine. But why should they? Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that's what it is. Some people can take it, but it's like, man, I I was. I, I only have one life. It'd be one thing if I was like the tenth sort of regeneration of like George Washington, and I remember all the other ones, and it's like, okay, well, I deserve it, I suppose, right? But it's like if you happen to have gotten the short end of the stick, um, well, you you have a you have the color, but you know you're the sort of yeah. But that just goes back to the to the to the fact that this country is is more about the class divide than the race right, divide. Right, but right. but exactly. But 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 it, the thing is, is that the white people who are basically at the same income level as brown and black people have greater wealth because of the structure of white supremacy in this country and so they haven't felt it as much so they don't feel there's enough of a leg up that they can feel superior superior to people who basically are doing the same level in their same class they can feel better than them Which is part of the problem with the country is that that shouldn't be the case, but it it is. is. So how do we fix that? What you said is very true. The problem is that we do have a huge number of people who, despite the relative, you know, I don't know, upper leg, believe that they are still being sort of done badly and 
you know, they the only answer that the Democratic Party is giving them is basically to insult them. And I'm not really speaking to those people. I'm speaking to like people who are even below that. You know, um, there is more and more, you know, struggling white people, and I, I don't know, man. I I understand there's um, racism, and you know I'm I'm black, so I understand so this, but it's it's becoming hard, it's becoming harder and harder on everybody, you know, to the extent that like, yeah, I guess you're close to the to the surface, but you're still below the water, so you know, what difference does it make? We have to turn our gaze from the people who we've been told are the problem, which is the brown and black people who are coming to this country in droves to steal your jobs because, you know, the homeless are causing your neighborhood to be awful because, you know, the homeless have so much power over you because black and brown people have so much power over other people. That's just not the case. We need to have people's gaze turned to where the actual Amanda said black, uh, black and brown and people. And I, I, I grabbed my it's purse. It's not coming because we have immigrants. It's not coming <laughs> because we're not an all-white country. I clutched, no, not, not my pearls. My, my purse. Because you know they snatch <laughs> purses, Rudy. Did you clutch your pearls, too? <laughs> purse, snatch, purse snatchers everywhere. You, you... Oh, your purse. <laughs> yeah. Were you a Oh, man yeah. <laughs> no no, no. no. I, I, I'm, I'm still uh, I'm still dirty I'm still a trash for us before you came on <laughs> I okay it, I've done a lot of things I've done a lot of things sure I have never personally snatched person? or stolen <laughs> okay I take that back I went to a bar and I stole have you someone's somebody? Have you sent ID somebody? that I then gave to someone else. That's the worst thing I did with a purse ever, I think. Is that a bar? I don't know. Some... Some random person standing there. I, I grabbed the ID because was, was I wanted to give it to someone else who was, I was like, I was 21 at the time and she was 18 and I wanted to get her into the, into, you know, like into different places. So I gave her this, uh, this driver's license that she would use. By the way, there's a there's a room going on right now with the uh, with Ali Alexander, and uh, I, I decided that I was going to listen to them for ten minutes, and uh, he's actually listen he's he's talking to a guy who's an actual um, uh, lobbyist, like a full blown DC lobbyist. Well, they lobby for whatever whatever their their perspective party is. You know, I mean, believe it or not, there's there's still you know so called you know democratic lobbies too, right? Oh. But 
what what they essentially do is that they you know have money that they raise from corporate donors or from you know religious organizations they basically have a donor class that funds them whether it's a private corporation or set of you know whoever is funding them but their their general goal is just to eat meet and greet you know sit down talk to someone give them kind of a a, a breakdown of what can be done and uh, what's in it for them. Building relationships is really the key buy with the lobbyists. Well, you gotta have the relationships. I, I think that's a, I think that, that comes with, with, with the territory. I mean, that's what, that's what DC with, is. Right? But the interesting part is, is that, you know, fuck them, that's what they do. But the guy who's being charged with with like you know being a part of the insurrection and he's a supporter of Donald Trump and they're talking about draining the swamp and all this shit. I find it, find it kind of funny that this individual and the other individual are talking to each other in a very free way, as if as if they 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 you know they met at a bar and they they had mutual friends, right? I don't think any any one of us could sit down and talk to a fucking to a lobbyist and have that that great of a conversation, but he can. And um, I heard someone say this. The um, well, you can't stomach it, and I can't I either. Because I left. Going in that room There's a reason why I left. I couldn't have stomached but that myself. I find it. I find it easy to to look at at the American conservative agenda and look at lobbying and see how perfectly it fits with each other. Right. They, they line up with each other perfectly, but you know, again, it's a question of money and not a question of a political organization or votes or anything. It's a question of money. Right. And, and that question of money is not fully addressed in any capacity. It's just kind of the same story of organizing so-called people power and getting people power behind behind things. And that's probably the slogan of the 70s, right? Like that's the ideas behind behind a lot of the movements in the 70s. And I, I, don't, I don't think it's wrong. I just think it's completely outdated for what we deal with. Um, and, I, and I feel like almost like this Ali Alexander, you know, he, he can flip a lot quicker than even AOC. Yeah, like like he's just he's bo- he's born he's born to fill some kind of vacancy in a conservative agenda. Yeah, he's perfect. I'm, like he's just, yeah, he just he can not- slide right in. He can be the token Negro, and 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 everyone's gonna clap, and everyone will fall in line with that shit. But what's super interesting is that is that like whatever. No, Ali Alexander. The, the 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 background story to Ali Alexander is that he's from he's from he Texas, and his father white. was so that's, some that's... fancy schmancy uh, Emirati Kuwaiti uh, one of those people, and he he came to the United States as an exchange student and got his mother pregnant, which I don't believe. I don't believe that. That that that's too that's too stretched out, and he he should be shaking somebody down for some child support or some some money or something, right? But he 
changed his name because he actually his full name was something else. Um, I don't I don't have it in front of me, but if you look if you if you look up Ali Alexander and you go through Wikipedia, it'll talk about that. Um, he was actually the individual who attacked Kamala Harris when she um, when she became vice president, and he was you know attacking her the integrity of her claim to blackness, right? Because her mother's South Asian from south southern part of India, and her 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 father is a uh, is a Jamaican professor. So the 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 idea was that you know she has no uh, fundamental relationship with African American quote unquote people, and he made a comment, and you know that that was that was the first time I think I I, I actually heard of him, and then I heard of him again with the uh, insurrection. And of January sixth, which I feel like I feel like it, it, it seriously is something we don't talk enough about on on this side. I think there is a there's there's a story there too, right? Like think about it. It's like handful of guards protecting the Capitol. You have you have any other protest that leans a little bit to the left? They have the whole goddamn like <laughs> SWAT team out. That didn't happen that day. There's a reason for that. You know, the far right and the establishment have an easier time getting along with each other than the far left and even with the progressive Democrats. And the progressive Democrats are just really kind of just for show. It's not, it's not a, it's anything. Do you think, so I was thinking about this, like there's all this infighting on the left, do you think? And then I was, so this this was my thought process and then I wanna hear what you have to think. So I'm thinking, so on the left, we have all this infighting, but if I wasn't really into left politics, like it's only kind of recently that I understand there's some people who have a distinction between left and liberal. And there's some things that, that are are disagreed about at a different level and it seems like there's a lot of infighting and it seems like the media covers it a lot but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of that on the right but maybe that's because either they're not as nuanced that was my first thought because you know white supremacy maybe the republicans don't have the nuance so they don't have these battles because they see things so more black and Jenny white and person? i thought that's dumb they're smart people like, too. They just like have you, the wrong You were idea. speaking with Jenny earlier, and I and I popped <laughs> Again, up, and I was just kind of like, Yuck. they just have an and idea different from mine. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, right? But 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 you know, and, and it's not a criticism of you; it's a criticism of the discussion because I, 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 I see, like I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different, and I think what makes me different <laughs> is that I've never been a part of any kind of project that I think has been noticeable in the United States. Like I've never, I've never really liked um, the democratic socialists. I've never liked them. I've always thought that they were, they were just like a, like a vile stain on, on, uh, on this, on, on what could be potentially a, a, a fabric of change. I've never thought of them as, as really having any kind of, Merit, but I've also I, haven't, I also don't think that a lot of these other smaller groups, 
which I've had in, like limited interactions with. And when I say limited interactions, I go out of my way to walk up and see what they say. And I pretend to be completely neutral and have no nothing. And I just, I'm, I'm gathering information for myself because I feel like if they did have a message that was worth something, then I would like, you know, I, I, I throw money or I spend time or I join it or I do something. Right. But I, I honestly don't see any of these movements having the cohesion or the or the direction and what i mean by that is this regular people have to have to have this kind of reverence for you i think i think you have to resonate with people and they don't do that i don't think they have the capacity to do that because they're not most of them aren't from the regular working class most of them are very distinct and very different from the people that they're trying to persuade. You know, I, I noticed the, the, like the PSL people, the one I showed you, Amanda, like they spend a lot of time in Harlem and I've seen them and it's like literally just very obvious that they're not from there. They don't have a direct relationship with the people and, and they don't resonate with people like they, they don't, it doesn't click. Yeah, if you would have stayed, you would have heard. You would have heard almost no conversation because we basically exchanged songs. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. We were we were working earlier to try and find a sound that would be the. Um, the equivalent of, of the applause sign showing up, you know, when you're on stage. So if somebody's going on and on and on and on and on, you can play it and not have it be too intrusive. Like you're not inter actually interrupting them verbally. So we toyed with the idea of maybe applause. We toyed with the idea of like the Looney Tunes. Dun, 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 that seems kind of mean. Why don't Do you, you have a thought why don't you about just a time them? That might be a good cue that we could use when somebody's going on and on and on and on. You literally have a time, like a like a timer that goes off. Right. So, and if I'm yeah. timing the them. other, the other thing to keep in mind, the other thing to keep in mind is this, is oh, that no, like, no, and, no, and no, I, and no, I, like, no, I notice that it doesn't happen to me when I run a room. I don't know why it doesn't happen as much, but when other people do it, it seems like, and, and I'm, I'm surprised because I, I feel like I'm a divisive individual, right? Um, I, I see multiple rooms opening up and there's no, there's no like, specific left anything it's just you know there's a different group and there's another discussion it could have like two people in there three people in there one has 10 one has whatever but the idea is is that i guess there's no cohesion because no one's working together to gather the group of groups of people in there so that the conversation is is going and it's similar to like the ali alexander shit like they all fall in line and the problem is is that no one here really falls in line because i think I think there's a, a desire for everyone to be a leader. And that's not popular because everyone wants to have that kind of leadership mantle. And over there in the in the conservative side, it's not like that. It's more like we all fall in line. It's more it's more like like a uh 
I can't, how can I say this? I, I actually, I don't even have the words for it. They all shut up and listen. <laughs> we don't do that. I don't think it's that they have norms of interaction. They have a, they have a, they have so a, they have, a desire to accept the hierarchy. Whereas we have no hierarchy and believe that the hierarchy itself is intrinsically what, where the problem is. And that's not that that might not be the most successful project. That's good. That's good if we're all going to, you know, I don't know, like run away from society wherever we can find someplace that's left over. You know. Right. Hey, so I have some experience with PSL here locally, um, and I have friends. Uh, I don't know how many, but may or may not. I wouldn't call them friends. I'll call them acquaintances. Can you, I have some can you say? Can you say out what the PSL stands for, please? Uh, People for Socialist Liberation. Thank Essentially, you. it's yeah. Um, so uh, we could talk about that, but one other thing I just want to talk about um, in our culture uh, that is, I think, amplified is there was a book I read um, a while back called Quiet, and it talks about the difference between introverted personalities and extroverted personalities and how they communicate and how they lead. And uh, introverted personalities tend to be the people in the background uh, that listen more than they talk. Well, uh, they also don't like to talk over people. So, you know, like all of this is kind of uncomfortable for me because I'm like having to hold space while making sure that I'm not hogging space, but I also want to be able to have a voice. Um, and our culture has really, and capitalism personifies this, it likes the carnival worker. But extroverts tend to talk before they think, whereas introverts tend to think before they talk. They also tend, you know, introverts are like the long, more of the long-term thinking. Um, and so I think, you know, culturally, like bringing that into a room where that type of leadership style is given uh, a space space to be nourished and i'll bring it back to psl i do feel like psl they get too much into theory they get too much into hierarchy um and they get in too much to i would say and i've been a part of it performative uh community organizing and or showing up uh and or mutual aid and it's like um that's really not how communities work like you can't especially if you come from privilege it's like you don't kind of you don't have the lived experience of this place. Like, I, I, I think like I agree. What Obama was like um, in Chicago, I, I assume, I and think... then he wrote a book, and then he lost a race, and then so he won a race, I, and then he throwed bomb people at weddings. You know, I have always I enjoyed my discussions with working people, and I've always been interested in the relationships of people within their work environment, and I've always thought work was the backbone of. Of, of really of, of change. But I've also made it a point to always bring up the the Leviathan in my view. And the Leviathan in my view is debt. And I think that one of the things that people don't understand is the cost of living in itself is a debt. And, and other form of debt is actually rent. So rent and debt go hand in hand. The personification of evil on the right is taxes. And what I don't understand is if 
if taxes are so evil, then what's worse than debt and rent and and the obligatory cost of uh, cost of existence, where you know people's work literally gets reduced to to jack shit, even before their their paycheck hits the the bank account. it's it's insane and i think i think that's something that that you know the the psl the dem uh the democratic socialist they're they're not a part of any of that like they're they're not there and i i feel like i feel like the, you know the the places that that have these discussions are not safe for me like i don't think that i could walk into the people's forum and have a discussion with these people and it would it would be it would resonate because I feel like it's more of an ideological performance than it is an actual desire for change. Oh. But it's not that way for you. I mean, my told. My my son told me this uh, because I was uh, complaining to him about, you know, feeling like I had said too much at a dinner that made, let's just say it, uh, very neoliberal centrist uh, people feel very uncomfortable. And, you know, I didn't like it. Like, I don't, I mean, I didn't, you know, and I feel bad and, but I'm not going to, I didn't apologize and I won't apologize. Uh, but what he said, he's like, you know, if you're going to actually walk the walk, like, you can't expect people are going to feel comfortable around you sometimes. Like, it's just, that's not a thing. Like they aren't going to like it. I mean, cognitive dissonance, like it's painful, especially when, you know, what you thought was the truth is an absolute lie. And you may just be waking up to that. Like it may not be, you know, 10 years, 12 years, six years, whatever your, your sentence has been thus far. Um, but you know, that, that's just kind of, I mean, and I'm saying this as much to myself as I am you, because it's not easy to walk into rooms where you know that people are going to bristle because they know that you're going to maybe say something that's going to make them think about making a different long-term decision about what's in their best interest. Like actually having to give up property or land or money, the thing that they means the most, their identity is the most tied to is something that is essentially worthless and you can't take with you. Um, and, uh, and, yeah. and, and I, it's I, beautiful I, when they're it, Christians. It resonates with me what you're saying. It's like, wow, well, you're a prophet. You know, you know he's, one of the things not, that, that I think – I, I was extremely disappointed with is that I didn't think that criticizing the way that existence has solidified itself in America would be so hard for people that are on the left because we should recognize that that our existence as a whole is a byproduct of the decisions that were made by the people who made concessions to the far-right forces, whether it's cultural far-right for forces or whether it was actually corporations and businesses. I wonder if 
part of it is that the folks that we're in rooms with who we consider to be the left are kind of, um, I'll speak for myself because I know that a lot of people on these calls have like worked for the Bernie campaign and other campaigns and, but for myself, I don't feel like I'm part of an establishment left. I'm part of a counterculture left. And because I'm counterculture, I'm just kind of in the habit of going against whatever the majority of people around me are doing. But if the majority of people around me are leftists the way that I'm a leftist, then I'm working against myself because I'm not recognizing that this is a group of people that I don't need to be in opposition to just because. But I'm used to being in opposition because I'm in opposition to the establishment. Amanda, have you taken this right. political compass so test? Current systems, fuck. And, Do you and want that, to? That different perspective. Because I'm curious as to where you land. Plus or so minus I'll find it for you and I'll send it. To, uh, I'll put it in the chat. But I took it the other no. day. And when I first took it, when I first took sure. it, um, it okay, so, so let me give you kind of a breakdown of what, what the political compass is about. There's four quadrants and the two different axes yeah. are based on um, what they refer to as libertarian and authoritarian. And that's in relation to cultural issues. And then there's, you know, your relationship towards capitalism, right? So there's four quadrants and the quadrant that's in the top right corner is referred to as the authoritarian right. This is kind of where the American political system is. It's both the Republican and the Democratic Party. They're both there. Um, and then you have the what, what they refer to as the libertarian right, which are people who believe in private property um, and believe in, in the force of the market, and they believe in those things, right? And then there's the other side of the of, of the so-called left. And there's two types of left. There's the authoritarian left, which is uh, reminiscent of Soviet uh, Russia and, and China and Cuba and all these other com so-called communist countries. And then there's this green quadrant, which is called the libertarian left. I have a tendency to believe that most people here would end up in the libertarian left including me. So I took, I took it and I'm, I'm kind of close to the very edge. Um, I believe in absolute freedom for people, but I don't believe in the commodification of identity. And I also don't believe in, in identity as a religion. And I think this is where I run into my problems. And this is why I'm not a part of a political movement. And this is probably why I don't have any friends that are leftists or anything like that is because I have a tendency to hate hearing someone bring up identity in a, in, in a kind of performative way. That's also something the PSL does. Right. Like this. I, I, and, I, and I've seen this in, in different ways. Right. So and, and, I, and, and it's this is nothing against people who are who are white. Right. Like my, my thing is this is that I've heard, uh, for example, someone do a presentation 
on something that has nothing to do with anything. And in the beginning of the presentation, they give some kind of reverence for the indigenous people who live in a particular area and, and, and give them some kind of a salutation as, as, as essentially true heirs of this land, right? I can't stand it. And I don't think from my experience with native populations that they really give a fuck either. Because the indignity of their of their existence is already in effect, just like the indignity of slavery, Jim Crow, segregation, uh, economic, uh, the economic uh, isolation, all these other things are true for any other marginalized group in the United States. But I don't understand why white white people make it a point to bring it up as if as if you know people need to hear it. Like the the bigger picture should be to focus on the issues and stop making it an identity issue, right? And I, I think I think what people are attempting to do with identity is to bring people into the fold, whereas it shouldn't really. I don't know, man. I I, I think if if an organization like PSL wanted to work in Harlem, they should have people from Harlem out there bringing people into the fold of the of the party, as opposed to you know I'm I'm uh, an NYU student. Mommy and Daddy pay for me to be here, and guess what? I just I hate my parents so much. I'm going to join the PSL. That's not, I don't even think they're colonizing. I think what they what they what they're doing is they're they're, they're looking for an alliance for from people to, where know, they're, where they're, they're, they're speaking in a way where people don't saying? really relate. Like, okay, so case in point, you take my stupid ass. I've lived in New York for most of my life. I walk up to people. I can have a conversation with with them, and and they, you know, we know what time it is, right? So like, I would be good to work my own area, which I I mean, shit, I can go anywhere in, in the city and do it. But like you don't ask me to do that. What you do is you take these kinds of these, these. I refer to them as the bohemian bourgeoisie. These are people that that moved over here from like, I don't know, Virginia, Iowa. <laughs> we say we always say Iowa, right? And these people move here, and they moved here with two purposes. They either have a job, they work here. And they, they are, they're part of the corporate structure or they're here as tourists, right? These are people that live and go to school. They go to Parsons. They go to NYU. They go to Columbia. They go to any number of these schools. And they have parents with a lot of money so they can afford to live in fancy dorms and shit. One of the most interesting things I saw today, because I'm, I'm fucking bored out of my mind, killing time before I go to Puerto Rico, is they were showing apartments that were that that were being built in in the southern tip of the bronx around willis avenue right which i'll be honest with you i've i've, I've seen that area i remember where it was warehouses it was just not there was there was none of this shit there and then soon enough it became it became important and the reason why it was important is because there's a subway station there and people can move there all the wealthy people can live there. They can make restaurants. They can make, they can, they can give them, you know, their places of activity, little lounges, little whatever they want, little cafes and shit. They can start, they can turn it into fucking little Astoria and they can have, uh, crepes and, 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 uh, you know, these kinds of things that, that, that can cater to this population. I saw an apartment that was like $4,000. 
The guy's like, yeah, it's $4,000. And he kept on saying South Bronx, South Bronx, South Bronx, right? Like, they took the same kind of attitude that people had towards the Bronx in like in like the 1980s where the Bronx was burning and shit and they had movies like that Ford Apache shit and like all the all the real fetish, fetishized bullshit that comes around a certain area and they kept on bringing it up over and over again. It's the South Bronx. It's, South, well, it's not really the South Bronx. You took over a piece of area of land. You basically isolated the people. You got all the families moved out. You took all the housing projects and pushed them back. You, you closed the schools. You increased the police. And now you have a whole fucking little colonized area where people can live and they can go to, they can take the train for 149 and they can go down into go wherever they want to go or whatever it is that they want to do. They can, they can be a part of the fabric of New York, but these are people that are not a part of the city. And it's it's dismal. It's fucking dismal. It, it it's no different. But that's what I'm trying to tell you is they created that. So now the question is is how do people that live here think about things? This and like they Palestine don't because they're almost. disengaged. They have no reason to believe that the political institutions that exist serve them because they don't. And they look around and they they hear the rhetoric of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and they 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 believe it for a little bit, but it don't it don't it doesn't last long enough. You know, I, like AOC is not my my represent. My representative is Jamal Bowman, and I, I've, I'm telling you, the first time I saw him, I was like, okay. How long before you're going to sell out? I'll vote for you. No problem. Which I did. I've never voted in a, in a, in a federal election, but I voted for Jamal Bowman. Why? Because I wanted to see him do I wanted. I wanted to see the other guy out. I wanted Spitzer out. I did it. But what the fuck has he done for me? What the fuck has he done for this community? I think I think all of the squad is pretty much a performance. What it is is this: is that you have areas yeah, I mean, that, that okay, so have a desire for some kind of progress, like and they have a significant population of people who fall in line with what needs to what needs to be asserted. But like, these people don't give a fuck. They don't care. They're here to they're here to pander, and that's it. One of the things one of the things that I find interesting is this: is that. There isn't someone locally here talking to people. And I feel like I feel like that's that might be my fault. Like maybe I was supposed to do something and I didn't do it. But I'm telling you, if there's a person who knows me personally, they know where I stand. I've had the same political stance since I was like, I don't know, like pretty much in my 20s. I've been on this fuck the government, fuck the police shit for a long time. I will. Political compass test. Uh-oh. Sorry, of I was course. ranting. My my Did apologies. Did you put a link in the chat? Okay, I just wanted to check that because I, I don't always get the chat coming up regular. Joshua. No, I, I mean you were. Well, I'm going to leave. I'm going to give this to Amanda. Amanda will have her hands full for at least 20 minutes to do it. It's entertaining, but at the same time, it should, it should, you should see where where you where you end up. Then where you end up is probably in that. I suspect 
Well, I mean, in the green, but that that I that could be that's a variety the, of different the, things, you know. And then the other thing that I, I always harp on is this: is that there's a lot of people that I come suspect. into these rooms, right? And they'll they'll have a discussion, but they, they're not really concrete about what they believe in, right? And their idea is, oh, we'll figure it out when we actually get power. Right. Well, no, that's that's the wrong approach. But but I think there are a lot of people that are seeking to to figure out what they think right now on call in, and they're still figuring it out. I think there's some people that will never change their mind because and they don't want to they don't want to even think about whether they're right. Can I give you one last different. one last morsel? I am probably going to end the, the one last morsel is this shortly, but. It's really good to see is that, is that if, we, if, if me and you were sitting you here having this conversation than, and it's only five people. Yes, please. But yeah, then yeah. when Katie Halper has a show, when Aaron Mate has a show, when these uh, personalities have a show, there's everybody's, uh, ver- you know, converges. It's more about them listening to the person than it is to have the discussion. And I think that's a bad sign. And that's my last two cents. And the political compass is right there if you want to take the test. It's like it's like Cosmo for for the left. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you putting People go to listen to the conversations. Some people go to listen to the person. I don't. I. I don't know. I. I, I posted this morning. I posted um, some clips from a recent episode of This Machine Kills about David Sachs. They interviewed a guy that did wrote an article about David Sachs in the recent New Republic. So. That was kind that's, of interesting. That's funny that you're going to wrap up. And I like Marshall hearing from up. different people's perspective. It's interesting. <laughs> it's not the great. It's not doesn't put David Sachs or the person who wrote the article in the greatest light. But it's instead of listening to an hour and twenty minutes, you can listen to less than twenty minutes. I just clipped the interesting parts. Ha <laughs> Isn't that the way that it always goes? How's it going, Marshall? What's up? Uh, pretty good. See, a, a real Just Republican wouldn't drink any tequila that wasn't now made I'm off, in the United has States. Some liquor that my buddy's trying to sell in the states. <laughs> so he and a business friend of his are importing some tequila, and they want me to try it. Oh, I'm jealous. I want to go. I want to go drink some tequila. <laughs> What, what what happened to protectionism? <laughs> no, a real Republican would make sure this tequila was produced in Jalisco and would make absolutely sure it was top shelf. Go. In particular, if I'm going to sip it. If I'm going to sip it, go. I want some really good tequila. Not like medium range shit. Pro- probably some crappy I mean, ones. Protectionism, we don't need for tequila. Maybe like, you know, pig eye. Brandy. Right, isn't tequila like a but, regional uh, I don't thing? I think we need it for that. 
Yeah, do we need protectionism for something that isn't produced in the United States? I mean, does the United States produce any tequilas? Like good ones. Yeah, but uh, you know, uh, if you're if you're all about the uh, the motherland, or I should say the uh, okay, maybe the fatherland. I don't know what it, what, what what would the United States yeah, be? Would it be the motherland like or, the, Scotch, or the fatherland? It's like I don't Scotland, know. Just depends uh, on on. Was produced in Holy Scotland, sorry. Mexico. I see. Or the state of Jalisco. Oh, well, there you go. Motherland. 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 The United States has always been described as a she. Well, we don't in our documents describe the United States as a he. We describe them. We describe the United States as a she. Do you think that that has anything to do with the fact that I think the only state I've ever heard referred to as the fatherland was Germany during World War II. I think that probably has something to do with it. I think a lot of ways when people referred to the motherland, it was had an emphasis in Queen Elizabeth I. So you would refer to England as the motherland, right? And then you get Charles, you didn't get the Charleses. And so it's the Kingland, but they still refer to it as the Queenland. And so I think Americans picked up a little bit of that on the way. So if I, took, just in our if I took the United States out for America, dinner, in the Northern do, do you think that she would Columbia. expect me to pay for the first date? Right, the, or the would she? And so the United States as a, as a spirit, as an entity in our writings, has always been described as a female, never a male. Which wow. I think the United States. Oh, Fucking right, dude. <laughs> You're taking the United States out for dinner. You paying for that date, bro? And she'll bully you into it too. Exactly. For the you'll want to see her again, but then you'll think to yourself about all the money you have to spend. <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'm into this threesome we're having right now, but I do need to go because I do have things I have to get done and I've been on here forever. Marshall, I wish you'd have been here earlier. I'm glad you were door knocking, I think. Who were you door knocking for? <laughs> uh, a gentleman named Dr. Guerra. He's a state house candidate. What about abortion? And, we have a and tell me Do more I- about him. Uh, you can't go both ways on abortion. Uh big on free market, women's rights, that sort of deal. So sort of like an abnormality in the party insofar mm-hmm. as like lots of doctors will go, but you uh, don't get a whole lot of OBGYNs. And, uh, he goes both uh, ways that doesn't it. sound like a very it Republican position, but it also sounds a little bit like well, Dr. So Oz when he's saying that uh, it's a choice between women and need. doctors and if they need their an local abortion, uh, I know somebody who can do it. If they want to keep the baby, I know somebody that'll do that, right? It's not his job to make that choice. He's only there to be the facilitator. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I, I like personally always thought you would need to like establish the Fourth Amendment as like a protection for privacy because it's establishing Griswold and that's just a precedent. But that's always been like my particular view. The like, Fourth Amendment says you should be in quotes securing your person's papers, missives, and effects. All the things that were in person's papers, you know, missives, and effects at the time are in text messages and emails today. Even if a cell tower or modem makes a copy and sends that copy to somebody else, the information contained in the is still private. I, I, the only lawyer, the only lawyers I know are the ones that, that unfortunately have had no to pay. So it says that. That's one guy. How can we do that, Marshall? We just have to find a couple of lawyers that are willing to window shop cases. I know a couple. You look for a couple. Snarf can look for a couple. And we can reconvene the next time we all talk. Uh, I had to pay a lawyer one time for an idiocracy moment. Why did you do that? Were you drunk? With a pipe in my ear. With a what in your ear? With a with a pipe in my ear, like a marijuana. See, this pipe. is why you should oh, never ever bitter. smoke using a pipe. You should just roll something. I walked into a game warden with it in my ear and it fell off my ear. And I'm like, what's that? And I was like, oh, I found it. He's like, you found that? It looks like a pipe. He's like, you want to fucking try that again? Yeah. yeah I mean, of course, I want to try that. It's like, oh shit, I want to try that again. You know, I don't want to I remember I got kicked out. I went to Houston a long time ago, and I went into a a smoke shop, and I said something, and they were like, no, you got to go, and I'm like, why? And she, he's like, he's like, it's, it's for tobacco use only. That's probably right. Okay. <laughs> that way, all the paraphernalia is gone. Well, this thing was a crack pipe, and that's why I I pointed to it, and I was like, that's definitely a stem. On that note, I'm going to go get out of here, too. Take care, guys. Tobacco pipe in the presence of a smoke shop employee, that smoke shop employee was legally bound to escort that patron out of the establishment. Sounds good.